do some freaky shit again, and I'ma get up out this chair, and I'ma bust your ass. You wanna rub your dick, bitch? You rub your dick when you get off the motherfucking train. I wear speedos when I'm at the store. You know I'm wearing my speedos when I'm doing cardio. I'm wearing speedos. It feels super breezy, like I ride tornadoes. Swimming, swimming, swimming. I'm sorry to be so stern with you, Barbara, but you do disappoint me. The way you slink about in a uniform two sizes too small and no name tag. It's bullshit. Absolutely crap. There's no such thing as white privilege. It's more like white getting screwed in the re rear. Welcome to Last Man on Earth. My name is Lex Durgan. As always, I'm flanked by Matt Ralston. Matt made today's podcast despite a now full month of pride celebrations. You're emotionally exhausted, drenched in activism sweat, and your ass hurts like a motherfucker. That's one solid pride month for you, Matt. That is homophobic. That is so. Uh, do you think, do gays really need Pride Month anymore? Is that like, it's just excessive now at this point, isn't it? It's just like a month-long victory celebration? Yeah. I, I mean, where's the normal gay, like, just normal gay parade? Just guys with jobs. It's, it's like, <laughs> I saw a guy walking down the street. Like a it, veterans parade, you mean? Yeah, just, I don't know. Like, like a regular regular gay dude parade. I, I would have to think if you're like just an up and up gay guy that lives in West Hollywood or, or in Los Angeles anywhere, you're like, okay, this is it's 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 like how normal black people feel about like little Wayne or something. It's just like <laughs> this is kind of the guy the guy not the representing what we're about. It's it's hypersexual, right? So it's hypersexualized. It's, Perverse. Yeah, there's the assless chaps. The guys whipping each other. They got leather. All the leathers out. They're wearing g strings. Yeah, with their dicks showing, and it's like, um, who who are you trying to prove this to? I mean, go do that in Afghanistan or something. It's like, like the it's the equivalent of, and probably maybe worse. I don't know. Than like Irish parade, where all the drunk guys go out and walk march. So the Hibernians come out and they're all wasted. Yeah, but the difference is no one. Everyone knows that's ridiculous. Yeah. That's, that's not passed off as some sort of Irish pride. No, but they take it like the only guys who go are the drunk guys. Right. Go, or like the Puerto Rican Day Parade in New York where there's always like violence and like guys with switchblades <laughs> and like greasy hair come out and stuff like that. Like it's the most cliche element of the actual group comes out to celebrate. And the, and the regular normal guys, like you said, with jobs or women with jobs, they have kids or whatever, are just watching the ball game at home. Yeah, so it's like the most. It's the worst public relations portion of the group comes out. Yeah, I was watching this guy. He was obviously on his way to or from some kind of pride event, and he was just. It's just sad when you see the guy removed from the group. And it's yes. just like, oh, this is his life. <laughs> yeah, and he was wearing a pink g-string, and I was like, is he gonna get an Uber? Because I wouldn't <laughs> want it like. Him w sitting, wipe the seat down. Yeah, like in a pool, even. <laughs> like if that guy got in, I'd not in a homophobic way. I'd just be like, "Yeah, I'm out." You don't want to. You don't want to. It was that uh, problem they had in San Francisco uh, up on Market Street. They, uh, hey, they made it legal for guys to be naked. Essentially, literally made it legal for guys to be naked in the street. Right. And the guys were sitting. Like, these are mostly weird gay dudes, like uh, homeless or weird gay dudes, and they were sitting all over the bus benches and stuff with their bare asses. And like everyone's just looking at him, like I'm not sitting there. Like this is disgusting. I just don't, I don't gross. care what your problem is. I don't want to bear. I don't. Wanna, I'm not sharing a bare ass seat with somebody. Yeah, I th I think the gay thing 
I think we're good now. Yes. Like, I think we're at a, a level that's enough. I don't think we need to keep outdoing ourselves on the gay thing. I mean, like, I live in West Hollywood, and once every couple months, because I kind of, you know, will walk to watch the game with friends at a, at a not a gay bar, but just at a bar. Of course, but Yeah. But there's a place called the Gold Coast. Are you familiar with this? No. Sounds gay. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's so creepy. You walk in there, and the beers are, like, free. <laughs> so, like, I might pop in. Just the beers to, and the beards? Yeah. <laughs> just, like, you're, you're like, let me get a, a, a Tito's and soda. And they'll just fill a pint glass up. And they're like, yeah, it's, like, $3 <laughs> or something. But it's the oldest. You will be sexually assaulted. Yes. Like, literally, you if you spend... 10 minutes in there someone will grab your dick and it's uh you know it there's I, no rule there's no rule as far as i can tell there's no rules on sexual harassment or me too within the gay community no and it seems like some kind of entitlement thing that you know like how we always talk about it. if you're looking for equality that doesn't mean you know go ham bone and like <laughs> do whatever you feel like and yeah like yeah i i wouldn't mind walking into a room full of chicks and pulling my dick out but I understand it's worked for some. There are consequences, and you're not. You're just not. There are definitely protected. Yeah, the whole pride thing to me, like a month of pride for gay pride. I think we're at the point now in the gay evolution, where like now we're down to just you know uh, lawsuits or criminal things. If someone's actually anti-gay anymore, I don't know. There's actually a poll that came out. It was by Pew or somebody respected recently that showed like support for gay activism this is a pride about pride months particularly has actually gone down in the last few years right like it actually reached a peak of like 80% where 80% of the people in the country said like gay people i mean they're cool with or whatever you know but now it's actually gone down like 60% and they attribute this i attribute this to, as well to the fact that people are just kind of sick of this like over the top shit like it hit a peak like okay i accept you as uh, you know, whether I like gay people or not, I accept you. You're cool, whatever. We can all live together. To the point, like now, nah, you got fucking. You're getting reamed in the ass, like in front of my kids, and I just don't want. Like now, I'm just sick of it. Yeah, it's embarrassing, dude. At the, uh, it wasn't the uh, pride parade, but the Halloween parade this year, which is in West Hollywood. It's, yes. a, it's a big thing, and it's obviously very gay. There was, so there's like a townhouse right on the sort of main strip of Santa Monica where the parade is. And it overlooks the street. It's a it's a super nice condo, and there they had like a a shade like a like a white like something to diffuse the light basically. Right. And there were just guys fucking <laughs> in front of everyone, probably doing meth and like getting off on it. Yes. And we were all just watching it. You know, I was with guys and girls, and we were just laughing because it was so ridiculous. But yeah, it, it would be like. It would be like if you were an Irish immigrant and, I don't know, your your mom and your grandma was, you know, had dealt with the famine and, and you really moved, you know, to get a better uh, life for yourself out of necessity. And then you went to the St. Patrick's Day parade and you would just be really confused and probably offended <laughs> yes. in some way, I would guess. I think it's a, it is a small... I mean, you're talking about, the, the first of all, the, 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 the warped sort of the gay... the portion of the gay community 
that is just like I don't think there's even an activist cause anymore. They just fucking they just like to have sex. I just want to get fucked up and have sex. There's not even a call. Like, who are they? At a West Hollywood parade, they're not affecting the, the real politique of the area. No. It's not like it's not, it's not completely friendly to gay. It's run by gays. It's completely friendly to gays. They're just now just having a fucking samba party. Yeah. And all the city council, like when I ran for city council, it's like, oh, you can't target the young gay guys. They're dumb as shit. Like, they don't <laughs> vote. They're all. You know, they're all in some sort of sero HIV stage. <laughs> like, you know, no, you, they don't know what's going on, and and it's it's not really respectable. Um, you could say the same for young people in general, but these these ones are like way uh, in your face about it. Pride Month just seems like a chance for like Verizon or Bank America or like uh, Monsanto to put a put a rainbow flag on their avatars. And like talk about how proud you know their their diversity programs at their company or something like that. It's now it's 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 become so like cap, you know capitalistic now. It's just become yeah. this thing where like major corporations are now just pretending they like living off of the pride reputation, trying to make some money off of it. Yeah, it's like Burning Man for gays. <laughs> uh, this week's show is sponsored by Kim Jong Un's shapeless, vaguely military suit. <laughs> When you're not quite in the military, you're not quite fit, but you're a dictator, the shapeless, vaguely military leader suit is right for you. That is an interesting <laughs> choice. And and also the sort of pseudo-commie haircut. Like, no one else has that haircut. No. I don't know what that is. It's sort of Nazi. It's sort of... Um, well, I think it's, it is... Ruski. A, it's, it's like a... They're supposedly, as my understanding, they're supposedly like descended from the god who was like the grandfather or the great-grandfather or Kim Jong, whatever the first one was. Mm. And he looked like that. So they have to like try to look like great granddad because like that's their whole imagery. It's like the Christ thing. Like if you're if you're Christ Jr., you want to look like Christ, right? You kind of right. throw the Christ look down. But that whole suit thing is like, I mean, dude, come on. This is 2019. Put a suit on. Or if you're if you want to pretend like some dictators do, you're in the military. Just put a fucking military uniform on. Well, that's the thing about being a dictator. You're you're just sort of pseudo military. Yes. Like you. Well, some of them are actually like in, in Latin America. They're like actual military leaders. Like they're generalissimos, right? They're actually military generals. Right. Whether or not they're real, been in combat or not, they actually have like all the decorations and the actual military outfit. But he's never actually been in the military. So he just, he can't, I think he feels ashamed to wear an actual military uniform because tons of North Koreans, military guys have their military uniforms. Well, he, yeah, so it has, it has devolved into sort of almost a, a smock or, or like a, a muumu. It's some, like a muumu. It's like a muumu. Because he's, he's gained like 50 pounds. He's very heavy. In the last uh, couple of years. And I guess he's like, you know, suffering from a plethora of health problems is, as ever, I don't know if it's diabetes or what the fuck's going on, but probably STDs, diabetes, a combo, some combo raging. There. Well, and also just, I mean, he gets, you know, he gets like the best gourmet food, yeah, shipped in, but just he has to occasionally, like, who's the dude that came back from uh, North Korea and then he died? Uh, Otto Warmbier. Yeah, Warmbier. So in North Korea, they don't have real products. No. So they the few crops that they have, they just um, fertilize them with human shit. Oh. Yeah. Um, and so if you, like, eat a salad in North Korea, you'll immediately get um, all kinds of parasites and stuff. So yeah. skip. So uh, note that. Skip the salad bar when in, uh, <laughs> when in North Korea. Yeah, yeah. If go for just a fried food. If you're just there for fried. a basketball exhibition or something, yeah, just yeah, go with the French fries. Um, My friend traveled through China, like a more rural part of China, whatever it was. It, it was 
and he's like, everyone, you know, he's so scared of the food. And but he said everything is fried, and it's really kind of gross. I'm like, no, stick with the fried, because if it's been deep fried, at least you won't get si- you won't get sick from it. Yeah, well, that's why in in the northern part of China, which which we have the American version of all the sweet sauces with yeah. the cornstarch, and it's you know it's pretty good, like Panda Express. Oh man, yummy! Every now and then. Um, but the, they they have to do that because their ingredients are just garbage. Yes. So they're just like sugar coating. Like if they just served it fresh, it, it would be inedible. So they they're just um, the dog, dressing it up. The dog is a little bitter this month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, I just I think if you could pick out your own. I mean, if you're a dictator, and you can pick your own thing. Why not get a fucking Armani suit? Why not get a tailored Armani suit? Try to look good, man. I mean, I just don't understand. Like if you if you own the country, you gotta look. You know, looks swank, man. Well, he's a he's a glutton. I mean, yeah. he, all he does is drink, all he does is drink and eat. And I guess he fucks. I yeah, Trump's fat too. He still comes out in a suit. He still got a he still got a tailored suit on. I mean, it almost is the same type of thing. Though. I mean, Trump's Trump is not sporting a fitted suit. <laughs> no, but at least it's like a you know you can tell it's like not off the rack from uh, the men's warehouse, right? It's some you know someone put someone put his wardrobe together for him. Whereas the other guy's wearing a black smock muumu that looks like he's ready to launch into space or something like that. It just I keep thinking of the Austin Powers of uh, Mike Myers, like oh yeah, they clearly based that off. Of. That's what it looks like. Yeah, yeah Doctor Evil. Right? Doctor Evil, which they based that off of, I think. And it just like it just he just <laughs> stupid. And they, they apparently they pay a lot of attention to Western culture there to see what's going. They're watching social media and doing all this stuff. They must know how stupid he fucking looks. And I guess no one's the, the whole thing. I, the only thing I understand is he's supposed to look like his grandfather again, like. Because there's a, there are these immortal beings apparently, and, and religious cult figures in North Korea. At least that's how they're sold to the, the starving masses. Yeah. And so again, like if you're Jesus Junior, you got to have the beard and the fucking robe. I mean, you just can't come out clean cut in a suit. Well, and no one can say like, "Hey, man, you look kind of stupid in that no, suit," because no. you'll he'll just kill you. Yes. Like literally, just murder you. <laughs> he did. I like I like the fact that like the five his five leading diplomats from the last meeting are all dead and dead now. <laughs> he shot he shot like his uncle. This is my favorite story. Well, one, is, one is the one he fed to the dogs. They fe- actually still feed people to the dogs, huh. which is cool. Um, dogs eat like your dogs at your house? They no, eat? they won't eat. No, the, the, the labs won't eat people. Oh, but like okay. the hungry, if you starve a, a pit bull long enough, uh, it will eat you know people. Huh. And uh, But he actually shot a guy with a howitzer gun from 10 feet away. <laughs> <laughs> that's just amazing like just obliterate a guy with a fucking artillery piece from 10 feet away well dude the one i, I i'll screw up the details i realize we need like a joe rogan type of person that googles all the shit that i can't remember right. but um at, at some airport i want to say london airport these two north korean women just uh you know off this guy by like just like spraying some kind of serum oh yeah 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 it was in face. southeast it was southeast asia they hired it. It was Kim's uh, like uh, bastard brother. He has apparently, obviously, dad fucked around a lot, so he has a lot of bastard brothers. Mm. And uh, it was his bastard brother who was like a fucking glutton gambler somewhere. Yeah, and they sprayed him with some poison in the eyes. Some shit in like public. That. Yes, <laughs> yes, dude. North Korea. They're kind of cool. I, it's yeah. It's a great like sit, a single camera sitcom of some sort. I mean, it's it's so ridiculous. And, and I thought, did you think, I don't know if you probably didn't see it live. I don't know if you did. But when Trump met with him at the DMZ, I literally thought when he like, Kim like invited him to step over into the North Korean side, that they're going to put a sack over his head <laughs> and just take him away. Like, well, why not? It's <laughs> like, well, we got to take care of Saddam Hussein. He's dangerous. Yeah. Uh, it's like, oh, well, he does have oil as opposed to shitty legs. No, no, I thought Kim Jong-un was going to take Trump. 
Oh, uh, like that would have been, oh, that would be amazing. That would have been so awesome if they kidnapped Trump. Remember when the um, America would have been like, eh, I don't know, we keep him. Like, remember when a hitman killed the guy on a news set and it looked like a Tarantino movie? Mm, no, that's awesome. Oh yeah, it was um, some some North Korean hitman, and he just walked onto a, a like a, a CNN set. What do you call it? Like a studio. Yeah, he walked into the studio, killed the guy. And and it just looked so cinematic. It was because you never seen in high def. Everyone just kind of stops. Yeah, everyone's and watches like, and watches. Yeah, like well, he doesn't appear to want to kill me, but I mean, if y- they put you know, Trump- the, the drama of it was so. Uh, if they had just put Trump in a burlap sack and just like take him away, and like there's nothing they could have done because all the North Korean military guys were there with guns. Well, the then way. we then we would just destroy their country the next day. I guess. Although maybe people would have gone like, eh, keep them, man. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, well, yeah, they seem to have a lot in common and enjoy each other's company. The, so. it's true. Well, there would have been no like, there would have been no militaristic upside to kidnapping Trump, but it would have been really funny, yeah, because Pence then would have gone all f- full Jesus and like just fucking nuke the shit out of the Korean <laughs> Peninsula and just killed everybody. Yeah, but I think uh, I think in the back of your mind you got to keep that in mind that like even if you like burlap sack Trump. That Pence the next day just launches B fifty two bombers and carpet bombs your country. But what a cool way to go out! I yes. mean, Un has to know this is not a sustainable system. So what if he's like, you know, I just wanted, which is scary because they might drop a nuke at some point, even though their nukes are garbage. But they are, you know, uh, but they do have a, a shit ton of artillery pointed. At, they have like apparently like fifty thousand guns, big guns pointed just at Seoul. Like yeah. that's their deterrent, and like it, within five minutes they can kill like a quarter million people in Seoul. With just old-fashioned artillery. Yeah, like, they, they might do that. It's it's like, because Un is a crazy drunk guy. Yes. And so, like, I was at this biker bar recently, and I would I would never do this for a variety of reasons. A, I respect people's property. B, I don't, I don't want to get killed. But you know when you see all the Harleys lined up? <laughs> and you know if you just pushed one over, they'd all topple like dominoes. Like in every bad movie. And I just started <laughs> thinking, like, man, I sh- what if I just did this right and, now? and run? <laughs> and, and just ran away. You gotta, you gotta run. Like if you were gonna commit suicide, what an interesting way to go. Yeah, I mean, I, I suppose Kim Jong Un still probably got, you know, he's still banging those like fourteen year old girls he likes and eating stuff. But if he gets like maybe a death sentence of some kind, cancer, pancreatic cancer, or something. Maybe he just decides, fuck it, I'm just going to launch shit and just go for it, man. Like, you know, he's so narcissistic, maybe he just feels like, I'm going out, I'm taking everybody with me. What if we just killed him? Like, I'm not for military intervention, but if we just killed him, yeah. I don't think, like, his cabinet, if you want to call it that, would, like, be pissed. No, probably not. <laughs> There's probably a few other people you have to kill, targeted. Like, but we used to, the U.S. used to like try to kill Castro like in the 60s with the poison pens and shit. Yeah. They always had those weird assassination plans and stuff. We've lost that. We've kind of lost that creativity as a country. <laughs> we still like, at least in those days, at least you killed one person as opposed to like, now we just fucking bomb the shit out of countries. In the old days, you just like sent like some hot chicken with like a fucking poison you know something around and try to kill somebody it really was a simpler time we we were uh competing with russia to land on the moon yeah and i i think we did it first they went to the moon first but then we put a guy on the moon anyway that's fun you know it's fun stuff and there were some i think there were some eight spies or agents that got killed but it was a very small if you look at the entire cold war it was a very small number of people got killed like that's, literally, that's it's why it's dozens. called the Cold War. It was just a manufacturing. But I thing. mean, they had two superpowers battling for forty years, fifty years, and like ten people died. Like literally, like well, ten people died. Yeah, 
I mean, there was a gulag. I mean, I'm just talking about in face-to-face competition. Like, we killed like 10 other people, and they killed like 10 of our people. Well, we got secretly. some stuff out of it. We got Alaska and Hawaii became a yeah. state just yes. for the military bases. Those are good military bases. And, and two of the better states, in my opinion. <laughs> um, they weren't doing anything. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, why not? Yeah, we kind of we own the beginning. But you know what I'm saying? Like, we actually now, like, on a daily basis, kill like thousands of people. No one well, we can't really point to the reason why, but throughout the entire Cold War with the Soviet Union, like nobody died. We didn't kill anybody. Yeah, the humanity's really been sucked out of it. Like when Russia shot that drone down recently, I was reading about it briefly. And do you, you want Iran, Russia or Iran? Oh, I'm sorry, Iran. Yes, you're yeah. right, Iran. Um, uh, like you know, like sixty percent of our aircrafts are drones, and yeah. there's seventy five hundred of them. Yeah. I thought there were like four drones. No, no, it's all drones now. Because, <laughs> you know, I mean, there's a couple of reasons why, but one of them is just pilots are really expensive. Yeah. To actually find it, to recruit, train, and, and get a pilot able to fly is like takes 10 years and like millions of dollars. And if, if you lose a pilot, if a pilot gets shot down, it's hard to replace a pilot. You can just build another drone. But don't you feel like that's keeping it honest? Like, isn't that part of the deal? <laughs> if you want to kill a wedding full of innocent Muslims... They have a chance to shoot back at you? Yeah, like, yeah. you have to at least be in the plane. Like, isn't that just, you know, you have at least a theoretical risk of the plane going down? Like, if you're just sitting in, in a, a, you know, styrofoam mountain in Area 51, yeah. it's like, yeah, fuck it. Pull it's the trigger. It's just a video game. That's it, what they're doing. In fact, they actually the, the military is recruiting differently now, obviously. They're recruiting for not just video game players, but they're recruiting for people with a different disposition, you might say, that are people that can kill from, like, Nevada, people in Iraq, which is a different disposition than actually when you're flying over, you're being attacked, your adrenaline's rushing, all that kind of stuff. You're like, I'm going to kill or be killed kind of thing. Now it's just, like, assassinate, right? Yeah. Like, cold-blooded, like, I'm going to kill, you know, drop a bomb here, and I'm, like, 8,000 miles away in an air-conditioned place eating a Whopper. It's a different... I mean, it's really... If you think about it, it's a sicker mentality. Because at least in war, like, someone's shooting back at you, and so... And you've got that adrenaline rush and all sorts of shit going on. You're like, I gotta, I gotta kill them before they kill me. But now you're just pushing a button somewhere thousands of miles away in a very cold fashion. Yeah, and there's plenty of those people. And, and the military also, I believe, invests in these kind of video games. And they, yes. I know they've developed their own, but they're certainly not discouraging it. So I, I don't think... I don't have a problem with violent movies or video games and i don't think that violent video games cause people to be violent yeah. but if you spend 12 hours a day it desensitizes you you know sort of simulating killing people yeah eh, that's not good for you no i don't think so either i don't believe those studies at all uh i don't like i said i don't think it turns someone into a killer but i think it can desensitize you to other people killing people yeah right uh did not forget to become a patron of the show on patreon.com forward slash last man on earth thanks to all our new patrons get on the shit now before it disappears if you wish to contact the show hit us up on twitter at last man podcast or on facebook also last man podcast all right on to the show <coughs> uh matt i want to start with somebody you i'm just going to throw this out there have masturbated to several times chelsea clinton She's an unfortunate. Oh, I can't imagine that a husband and wife who look exactly alike, like brother and sister, that uh, their offspring was like sort Bill. of unattractive and she, looks exactly like them too. It's almost uh, the weird thing is like I mean, Bill's you know could be passed as a, passed off as a handsome man, right? I mean, the women loved him. That's part part of the part 
The part of his handsomeness I probably respond to the most is the fact that a lot of women wanted him. Well, he's rich. And rich, but I mean, he's like... Charismatic. He, as far as presidents go, he was a pretty good-looking president. Yeah, he's got like an Alec Baldwin quality Yeah, to the man from Hope, whole thing. Like the, you it's know, very folksy. Yeah. But I wonder if you just showed... If you if you took away the, the cult of personality and you just saw him in a Ralph Lauren ad, would he be... Yeah, well, but now you've you got to think about him 30 years ago, too. Now he's kind of old and, and gaunt and all sorts of stuff. But back in the day, he was sort of like a fuller brush man coming to the door, like, and yeah. with a smile. And then Hillary herself is, you know, a dowdy, but not ugly, but sort of just sort of a, a dowdy. She wasn't bad looking when she was young. No, she was just a, a, you know, she looked like someone who was like an Illinois housewife. Illinois housewife. Her hippie phase that was obviously yes. <laughs> completely manufactured <laughs> yes. and soulless. That was uh, unfortunate. Yeah, she didn't look bad though. Really? Well, yeah, once well, she I let herself go a little bit. But I mean, any, look, any woman in their twenties is going to look a lot better, you know, than than say their sixties. Well, she, yeah, she's obviously not doing a lot of yoga. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, she was not. She probably wasn't the, the, the she wasn't the high school cheerleader type. But yeah, she was okay. But it seems to me like Chelsea, just from a very frank perspective, got sort of the worst of both of their genetic characteristics. Well, that's. That's why two white people who look fairly similar. I should, see what you're saying. Like the fuck the, inc- the incest child. She looks like the incest child a little bit. Yes, a little bit. A bit like like she could be playing banjo on the porch. <laughs> like you know, like yeah. just in the. And she got like the mom's mouth, and she got the dad's face, and the whole. It's thing. a little bit Mr. Potato Head. <laughs> yes, like the weird hair. Yeah, so they've clearly taught her to be. Uh, uh, they clearly taught her to be very demure with her looks in public, so that she has a certain look when they photograph her. I've noticed this, too. It's part of media training. But it's like they kind of sh- they teach you in media training, like your good side or your bad side, or like you look better when your shoulders are down, or you look better when your arms are raised. Whatever it is they tell, like these models and stuff in public. She's clearly got this look every single time she's photographed that looks exactly the same. So you're saying in the morning it's real rough. I'm, yes. I'm saying she's posing for photos, even in candid situations. She's po- I, I saw One time I saw, I worked in a building... And Paris Hilton was walking to the next building. This was probably 10 years ago to see her attorney. This, I think during her time she was in prison for DUI. And I noticed that people would yell out, hey, Paris, because they're all photographers. And she would turn with this like pose, right? Ready, Photo-ready pose. Yeah. And so I yelled out, hey, Paris. <laughs> and she turned around and did the pose. And I was just standing there like waving at her. And she looked so pissed. But she reflexively does that turn and pose, right? Because they have this look they know they're supposed to put out for public. Did I tell you about the time I accidentally killed Paris Hilton? No. <laughs> she just turned 40. What are you talking about? No, I didn't do it. I'm, oh. uh, we were at Pure. At, it's this big nightclub mm. in uh, Vegas. and uh, They all have one name that's kind of vague vague and euphemistic. Yeah, it's it's always the opposite Rain. of what <laughs> actually transpires there. Inspire. So there's not one called Herp. <laughs> no. But uh, that would be more accurate. I went backstage. I'll, I'll tell it quickly. I went backstage with my friend, who's kind of famous, and he's friends with Paris Hilton. Um, uh, and uh, so she was singing her album, uh, her single from her album, her dance. Mix she was single. on this big stage, yes. and so I was backstage, and I was pissed because I, you know, I'm like, "Fuck this! Why am I here?" So I got, uh, I stripped down in my underwear, and I was standing behind Paris Hilton. And everyone started cheering because it was funny. Oh, to dance behind her, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And she thought the reaction was from her singing. Yes. Which is pathetic. And uh, so then I started dancing around. But she was sitting on this balcony, and I, I ran into her, and she almost fell off and died. Wow. Yeah. That's close. It was fun. That's a that's a hard story to process. I'm not. There's sure. a lot going on. I'm not sure who the bad person is in that story. Uh, it's her. <laughs> she, uh, I actually, I kind of, I have to say this, I kind of admire the fact that uh, as horrible as she seems, 
and as privileged as she is, she's actually built a bunch of like she's actually formed her brand into something very powerful, uh, mostly overseas. But she's worth a shit ton of money. She sells these fucking perfumes, opens these nightclubs. She gets these huge fees, and she and she owns a race car team. She has all these like businesses really? like no one even knows about. That I don't think she's the brains behind for sure, but I think to some extent she acts actually has a. Like, like the same way I feel about Madonna, like she has a marketing brain. Yeah. Like she knows how to market her brand. Like even though she's not, Madonna's a horrible singer and, and, and seemingly awful person, and so is Paris Hilton. But they have actually have, and Kim Kardashian to some extent too, they have some underlying part of their brain that understands marketing. So are they going with the vapid zero personality shtick on purpose, or is that just kind of... I think they, they it, no, I think that is their personality. <laughs> But I think they're self-aware, you know what I mean? Right, right. Like, right. they're not, like, just dumb blondes who don't understand what's going on. Right. They're dumb blondes who know, this is my personality. I can make a lot of money off this. Yeah. And I kind of respect that in a mark free market kind of way. Uh, back to the less attractive Chelsea Clinton. <laughs> right. So uh, there's a story out today how her, her share, she, she was placed on all these boards after college and her, her parent, when her mom was a senator and so forth and Bill was running around. She's the head of the Clinton Foundation or the deputy head of that. She got placed on all these different boards in New York, all these corporate boards, and then she got this gig from NBC that paid her like $2 million where she ended up doing like two reports about childcare or something like that or being a single mom. She was on the payroll. She was on the she payroll. Didn't do, she produced, like you said, she produced one shitty she segment. She produced one or two shitty segments. Obviously, these are just gift jobs, and then she gets these gift board memberships, which you're going to see a lot of in California now that they have to put females on the board. I am so incredibly honored to introduce and present Chelsea Clinton with the 2017 Power of Women Award. Thank you. You know she's married. Her husband is a disgraced, yes. the son of a disgraced congressman yes. who was kicked out of Congress for being insanely corrupt and laundering and, and Ponzi scheming money. Yes. And I is either in prison or yes. was released at some point. Although her husband himself was like, he was like, didn't he do like with the village voice or something like that? He was like, uh, yeah, but don't you think you come from bad stock? At oh, that I see point? what you're saying. Uh, yeah. I mean, but if you're looking at like rich New York people, I don't know what the good stock, where the good stock is. <laughs> like, where's like, where's the, where's the upstanding high, high moral f character, rich New well, York? I don't know. Like, Why couldn't she marry fucking Joakim Noah or something? Because she's like a, she is like, like a like, cool guy. Dude, it's like Prince, it's like Prince William. I mean, it literally is like royalty. <laughs> they're like royalty. They have to marry families. Right. Like they're just, they have to like, I, I mean, yeah, well, first of all, usually you don't see women marrying poor guys. That's one thing. Um, but yeah, she has a lot of her own money now. But still, it's just like it's, she's a she's born a, of a political royal family. I mean, that's but how it is. Didn't she have one non-trust fund boarding school friend that was like, you know, you don't have to do this. Yeah, but then you look at her you face. You could just marry face, fucking... You're like, you're, when you're an unattractive, rich, rich political <laughs> person, you take what you can get, I think. Here's the point of the story. She's now rich, of course, uh, uh, like her parents. Well, at least her parents put in the uh, grifting time. She didn't even put the grifting time. She didn't put the grifting years in. Um, she just got this handed to her, and I, look, I don't, I have no. She seems like a nice enough person. Uh, she speaks to the right issues or whatever she does, and when she comes out on issues, she's not a heinous person. Um, but isn't is there anything really for all the talk that we're hearing now about you know the privilege and and I don't care if it's white privilege or whatever privilege, is this really ever going to change that like the elite families and the connected people on the coasts? just are all wealthy and can make themselves money by doing nothing, basically. Is that ever, ever going to change in this system? Uh, no, not in the... And these are, by the way, these are people talking about how we need to change the system. Right. <laughs> like, 
Yeah, not not in the current system. Like when you see a, like I bet if you Googled right now Chelsea Clinton net worth, it would say like three million dollars or something. Oh, you're thinking something low, ludicrous. Yeah, and it's like if you have, for, if you're not a rapper, if you if you if you inherit three million dollars, yeah. You turn that into ten million dollars ten years later, right? You know, like oh, I see what you're saying. Now she's worth tens of millions of dollars, and her family's worth hundreds of. The Clinton they said was worth a hundred million when they left when Hillary ran for office or something. So what I mean, which is amazing because you think about like they were actually produced a. I mean, so you could say like, okay, Bill Gates, he shouldn't have eighty billion dollars or sixty whatever he has, but he produced like a lot of software that, that like billions of people use. So yeah. whether or not you think he deserves to have a billion or he should be taxed for half his money or whatever it is. He produced something. Or Zuckerberg made Facebook. I mean, hate him all you want. There's like a billion and a half people on Facebook every single day. <laughs> so like people they actually created something that people wanted. Whereas these families, a lot of them, whether it be political families or these sort of banking families or whatever it is, they haven't really produced anything that like a large number of people have made a large number of people's lives better in any way or even wanted. I mean, even the drug dealer... Even the drug, even like the oxy drug dealer, makes people happy in some way. Yeah, she doesn't do shit. <laughs> no, and I always wonder on these boards that she's she's got to be on ten boards. Oh yeah, and when she talks, is it like so? Say like at least say half the people are self-made. I'm sure a lot of people got handed the jobs in the same same type of situation. Yeah, but are the people that are smart and earn their way in when she talks? Internally, are they like shut the fuck up, you idiot, or are they like, oh, she makes a good point? I I don't know. I've never been in that situation. Uh, I assume that the boards are largely all composed of people like herself, right? So I think the board. There's got to be one guy that deserves to be there. You think so? I don't know. I, I think I think the boards now are being used for. I mean, we know in California you have to have women on the boards, and I think they're being used more as diversity models than anything else. So, I mean, I think you're thinking of like some 1940s movie where the board meets and like all these like <laughs> Mr. Potter bankers meet and make smart decisions. <laughs> I think this is largely ceremonial right. where yeah. you support, you know, you support this is IAC, so like the owners of Match.com. Like you support our business from a publicity standpoint and from being on the board and your connections. Yeah. You don't actually make like business decisions. You don't actually make business decisions because you have, by the way, no background or experience in any of this to actually make decisions. Well, the, yeah, you do. I, I think they do elect the chairman, right? They elect the CEO. I has still to think there's got to be one guy. Like, I'll, I'll never be in this world because I don't want to be. But I, I might just be like, why is your hair so greasy? <laughs> like, what is that? Is, is that it, Chelsea is Clinton? Fucking soul glow? What are you doing? <laughs> she. I think she goes to where, uh, what's that, uh, Debbie Washington Schultz goes. Also, what is it with <laughs> rich women and greasy hair? I don't know. It's some, I'm sure it's some organic thing that like is simply better for your hair later on. I don't, I don't know. She's a very unattractive lady, but now she's a rich lady. My feeling is that, like, and I, I believe I'm a free market guy. This is not free market. This is not capitalism. This is not like meritocracy in any way, shape, or form, right? So I'm not a, I'm not in favor of this. I mean... This is what Bernie's whole... You know, he's he's been... Um, oh, dude, he would put his wife on the board in a chance in a second. In a second. <laughs> yeah, but his you wife... See Biden, be... You see Biden's sons, like, uh, they don't talk... And I actually kind of like Joe Biden, but his son... Whatever he's done. And his son, the one who's alive... Well, first of all, the one who's alive then started banging the dead brother's wife, which was kind of weird... I can't get past it. <laughs> no, it's hard to get past. <laughs> but then they also have made millions of dollars in these, you know, by these connected deals with their, you know, brokerage and equities and, and consulting firms. It's all like, you know, these guys all. There's no, there's no one who's above. There's no one who's above it. You look at the net worth of all these people running for office, and 
other than the schlubs who have no chance of winning. And they all have lots of money. Or, you know. Well, it's a weird dichotomy because then, like, I remember Bernie, and, you know, I, I ride or die for Bernie, but I remember him bragging about being the poorest person. Yeah. And I'm like, well, that's a weird thing to brag about. Well, so then he sold his book, and he made a lot of money, and then he, like, has to, like, not apologize for making money. It's a weird It's a weird it's dynamic. It's weird. Yeah. It's, it's like, uh, I don't know. Obviously, the system is uh, fucked up, and there's no reason that, you know, 1% of the population should own 90% of the wealth. Uh, but well, certainly, especially, I mean, especially the people, in my mind at least, the division is like, have you created something that is making people's lives better or that they want? It doesn't, it doesn't, not a value judgment like Facebook. Have you actually built something, made something, created something that is benefiting the world in some way? If so, okay, there's an argument for how much you should, you know, you should make or take home. Uh, but if you haven't done any of that and you're still yeah. rich... Then I'm with Bernie. Then I'm with Bernie. Then I'm with Bernie or Elizabeth Warren on this, uh, uh, you know, or AOC on the like. Hillary, uh, Chelsea Clinton's got to give half her money back to to somebody. Yeah, yeah. And we're we're exposed to this being in the entertainment industry because you meet some guy who's an executive, and then it's like, all right, let me Google this guy and find out that his parents own a fucking tobacco farm or something. Right. But it's like he's a writer, right? <laughs> or he's a producer, and and I just I want to look at the guy and be like, what do you? Do like what? What do you actually do? Yes, and and the answer is you don't do shit. You don't do a goddamn thing. Well, this is I mean, this is not even her parents giving her. This is not even her parents giving her ten million dollars. This is her parents setting her up to get ten million dollars for doing nothing from other people that owe them favors or connected to. So she's not even like taking her parents. If you have rich parents and they give you money, okay, then you have to go back see how the parents made the money. But at least it's the parents' money giving you money. This is them setting up to get like public shareholder money. This is a public company. But how does she? Is she happy with this life? Like, wouldn't I don't know. Man. It's hard to tell because she's not allowed to smile in public because of that face. <laughs> Just that part of that's part of the media training. But she's definitely not stupid. No, no. She went to Stanford. She seems to be does smart. She, Her parents are smart. Does she go to these board meetings? And I mean, why is she not pounding? Jack and Coke in the parking lot. I don't know. Like, like, how is she? I think it's just a different. I don't think it's a mindset you and I can understand. It's just a world she grew up in, which is just this world of like sort of power and politics, where you sort of take all the power and the money, and then you shape it a a story for yourself about the 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 helpful political side of it. Like you frame this story about how you are a crusader of something, and then everything that comes along with that is sort of built into that story. I think that's how they keep from punning the Jack and Coke. Although I assume she's on at least three prescription medications for for, yeah. her ang- for anxiety and depression. She's anxiety probably depression. got that, uh, yeah, some kind of secret drug or something. Yeah, she's definitely she's definitely on medication. Hillary was definitely on something in 2016 when she was falling down. There was something going on there, and I think it was like some sort of anti-anxiety medication or something. She she did fall down a lot. Yeah, they, it was it was they claimed it was some the conspiracy of some disease that she was dying, but clearly that wasn't the case. I think she was just taking anti-anxiety medications, and she was having some kind well, of She's reaction. also an old-ass woman who was putting in 18-hour days. I mean... Yeah, Fat Trump did it somehow, man. Yeah, so. he's on speed. <laughs> yeah, but you can't really be on somehow speed. Somehow he's still alive. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Matt, I want to move on to John Legend, someone else you probably masturbate to. This was <laughs> today. He's a very attractive man, I'll say that. John Legend is a very, a very beautiful man, very beautiful man. 
He's, I don't know anything about his music. No. I know it's sort of generic R&B stuff. But, uh, he's got an EGOT, you know. So he's got the uh, the Emmy, the the Tony, the Oscar, and the whatever the fuck the G is. <laughs> the Grammy, the Grammy. He's like a dude that if you're like, hey, John Legend wants to hang out, I'd be like, sure. He seems to me like he's the black John Mayer, but he's like, uh, like he can pull it off better without being an ass. Yeah, like he doesn't seem he's he's, he's he doesn't take himself too seriously. He doesn't take himself too well. We're gonna talk about something. But he doesn't take himself too seriously, and he's like just by nature of being black and being called John Legend. I think he just seems cooler than John Mayer. Like you know, like it's not even an argument. No, I mean, but I mean he's obviously cooler than John Mayer. I think part of that is the name and being black. I just what I'm saying. Like you can get away with more. Like it's just I like the white guy in the basketball on the NBA roster. He's yeah. always gonna be the goofy guy no matter what. Yeah, like he's always Andrew Bogut is always going to be the goofiest guy on the team, just because he's the white he's the white guy. Right? It's yeah. just very, very, very like Brian Scalabrini. These guys are always going to be like seen. It's like a it's like a, a racist thing. Like they're always going to be seen as the goofy guy just because they're white. They're presumed to be less dexterous, less jumping, and silly. And like it's funny to have even them though Bogut's like super athletic. He is, he and like he's catch and, and super and, and super mean. By the way, like he just but it's always like it's just like a stereotype. It's almost like the reverse stereotype of like a, a like a, a Remus, you know. Like it's like the white guy must be bumbling on the on the black team, must yeah. be goofy, must love to play practical jokes. Well, some stereotypes <laughs> are true though because yeah. um, rappers uh, hit and miss usually don't want to hang out with them, but smooth R and B guys, yeah, I mean they're just chill. You have a drink with them, you know, they're not judgmental. But watching they're like trying to get their dick sucked watching, like everyone else. Watching the NBA playoffs and watching like cousins playing, like he falls over on every every single play. <laughs> he stumbles, he's awkward, he's gangly, he's bumbling. He's fairly he's overweight. Fair, overweight, all this stuff. But if he were the white guy, they would actually make fun of him for being that character. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> but because he's a two hundred and eighty pound black dude, he just kind of gets away with like the yeah. cool he puts a beanie on and talks in a low voice and he's just kind of no one makes fun of him for being a bumbling a bumbling idiot. Yeah, that's a good point. Um so John Legend is now going on this anti 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 abortion law rant about the abortion laws in the different in Georgia and Texas and wherever they're stopping women from having abortions. Um, somewhere I'm not having sex with women, so I don't I don't personally care all that much. But oh, fly over. <laughs> oh, it's, uh, Missouri, Missouri, so, and so forth. And by the way, I'm I'm pro-choice, but I'm also very much into states' rights. And I think I believe strongly that like states on, on matters of personal issues like this. I think whether it be fucking Colorado legalizing shrooms or California with all its fucking regulations about even the one about putting women on the board and stuff like that, I'm kind of down for like every state like being its own place. Yeah, and 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 so if they want if the southern fucking conservative states want to have make it hard for abortions, I can't really complain about that because I do like having like weed legal in the other states. I agree, but <laughs> isn't it? Uh, I mean, it's obviously complicated, but it's it's basically like a. A civil rights issue, isn't it? Um, I don't. Uh, I don't think so. I mean, I think if you couldn't get an abortion in the United States, it'd be a civil rights issue. If you can't get an abortion in fucking uh, uh, in Missouri or, or Georgia, in some places, I don't see that as a civil rights issue. I mean, I, I just don't. I mean, I think it's not. If 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 if, if, Jeff, if Jefferson had written in the Constitution like women can fucking terminate their pregnancies, then yes. Right. But I think it's a wild expansion of, like, the, you know... I, I, I am pro-choice, but I think that, like, if a bunch of, like, conservative 
religious people want to ban it, I think we should be able to ban it in their states, not not nationally. I mean, I'm pro-choice. Move too, to fucking Cal. I mean, Gavin Newsom told the women of Georgia to come to California to get their abortions. That's sort of how it should be, right? It's a shopping. Well, you sound like some kind of elitist dick. Like, why don't you just get in your uh, no Newsom? Uh, Newsom brand said new that. SUV and drive to California. <laughs> no, you don't. Yeah, you only think getting over. pregnant. We talked about this. You take a Southwest flight to anywhere and you get an abortion. <laughs> If you can take a flight for sixty nine bucks and get an abortion, that to me is not a, a right denied, right? I mean, the, the the issue is access at the at the corner, you know, and that to me that's not a that's not a big deal for the ability to have states allow other things like say prison reform or other things that each state does. Like, I don't want California to be like Texas when it comes to sentencing and stuff. So I kind of like the fact that states are all I, yeah, different. I, I agree, but in the in the case of vast hypocrisy. Where, like, oh, yeah. so everyone that's pro-choice is like all about killing people once they're born, right? Everyone that's uh, oh pro-life. Pro, I'm sorry, yeah. pro-life. So they're like, yeah, you know, we can't kill these babies, but once they're born, we do support putting them in jail and executing them, right? <laughs> so it's it's almost like they don't deserve to have this stance. But it's, you and John Legend should hang out, dude. I want to. Can you play an instrument? Can you sing as awfully? So he's got this thing where he's. Uh, here's my point. I don't care if like a woman is like. If some feminist woman is wrapped up in pro-choice and that's her thing and she's crazy about it and screams at people and, you know, whatever she does and goes on marches, I guess I'm kind of okay with that because maybe she had an experience with abortion in the past. Maybe she was pregnant. Maybe she was forced to have a kid. Maybe, probably not, none of these things. I don't know what Sarah Silverman's backstory is. But if she wants to fucking pull her hair out about abortion laws, I guess I'm okay with it because at least she probably knows a chick who hasn't been affected by it. But when dudes start, like, going off about, John Legend said he's, sickened and he can't sleep at night about like abortion laws in Georgia <laughs> like that. I'm like, do we really want guys, men to be that wrapped up in what is clearly a, a feminine, you know, what seems like a feminist cause to the point that they can't g- get rest and they are anxious throughout the day? Uh, I mean, is are the cowboys, are cowboys over? Are we done with cowboys? Like, it well, seems... you can be a gentleman and care about things, but like not be the same as the screaming feminist, like in the in, in the street in New York. It seems manufactured. I don't know. Like, I I, I was recent. So, like abortion. So I do uh, have sex with a lot of strange women. Of course. Uh, with who uh, else would have sex with you? Protection. <laughs> Good point. Uh, but you know, uh, I kind of know how the whole thing works, right? Yeah. So I um, mostly I don't want to get herpes, um, but you know, are you about using protection? Yeah, and so you 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 can't be that dumb. Like, so if you're just jizzing, it's, uh, sorry, if you're just letting some weirdo jizz inside of your cunt, yes, you must realize it's a possibility. Like, there is something to be said for responsibility, right? Um, but I was so I was dating this vegan Asian chick recently. Evasion by dating, I just yeah. mean having sex, and she uh, tricked no me meat. into going to this uh, event with her, and. Uh, a bunch of vegan people were oh, lecturing me and, and inquiring into my diet, and I simply said, "Look, I I think uh, it's a decent cause. You know, I think factory farming is a real problem. Uh, compassion's always good, but I just don't think it's one of the top problems. So I can't concern myself with every problem. And they're like, well, "What's more important than this?" And so then I just had a list: gerrymandering, uh, Supreme Court stealing. You know. Uh, You're an amazing party guest, by the way. <laughs> oh, no, it didn't go well. Yeah. I'm no longer seeing her. Yeah, yeah. But point is, I'm just like, I can't 
care about this. It's it's not something he should care about. There are much more important things yes. that are relevant that that he should be upset about. Yeah, I mean, he lives in L.A., so the homeless problem, per se. Sure. Or other immigration problems or things like that that have... I mean, the abortion thing has... First of all, it has no effect on anyone where he lives. Uh, second of all, it's, it's like... I just feel like there's guys' issues and there's girls' issues. And unless he's been personally affected by abortion somehow... I want him to focus on guys, like guys, like not just more important. But men are men are supposed to be archetypally and genetically and probably primordially, like little less sensitive to things, their environment and things around them, and issues of like psychological and emotional issues and empathetic issues. Yeah, because they're supposed to hunt and kill and build shit and not be that aware of the fact that like. Their friend Norm has just got divorced, and now they can't go to work for a week. I mean, then the whole tribe dies. I mean, they have to yeah. like be a little cold. Men have to be a little colder than women do. Well, it's just not. It's it's not his battle. Like it, no. it doesn't. Um, it, it it would be like uh, if a feminist chick was like super upset about you know the conditions in the coal mines. Right. Of the workers, yes. which would obviously never happen because no, they, don't they only care about themselves. They do not give a shit but about the coal mine. Why, <laughs> why the fuck is, is this on his mind, which makes me think it, he's just, you know, it's contrived. Well, it's, a, it's definitely a social media culture where you have to be now, appear to be for the right causes. And his wife, uh, Chrissy Teigen, who herself, I don't know what the hell she's ever done. But uh, um, she's obviously pro. I think she's like the heaviest supermodel. <laughs> she is just like the heaviest sort of least attractive supermodel ever. Uh, talk about getting a break. Uh, she caught the tide at the right time, and that tide was John Legend. Uh, yeah, I, I just think we need, like, men at some point need to be less, whether or not, even if, even if he's just projecting this, even if it's not really just projecting this, I feel like we're raising a generation of, Guys who feel at least feel like they have to be highly attuned, emotionally attuned to all like fifty different issues, and I just don't think that's very good for men or the world. <laughs> the world well, in general. I, th- I think that's already. I think it's happened because this chick, the vegan one yeah. that I was talking about, was younger than me, and as I was bombing hard and not caring and actually feeling very happy about myself, like uh, I still have my balls, I could tell that they were expecting me to just be like. Yeah, v, yeah, like I def, I totally agree with you. Like if that's what, if you're, like they've never heard someone say that. No, what they're saying is kind of warped. Also, if if you're looking for a man, say just a very hypothetically, generically, to reproduce the species, are you looking for a man that can uh, uh, knows how to saw and cut and, and handle <laughs> handle disaster situation? Or are you looking for a guy who appreciates the vegan? Principles of non meat eating and like vegetarianism and animal animal safe pro- animal safe. Well, products. if you're the cunt friend, you appreciate that guy. But yes. if you're the chick who's you know hypothetically building a, a life with someone, yeah, of course you're you're not attracted to the guy that's uh, pretends to care about your stupid shit. There does seem to be a reason why the women with options tend to go for the humorless, cold. <laughs> Hot, ambitious money making fox, right? They just always choose that. They never choose. The model never goes with the guy, the, the sad face, empathetic guy who's a vegan and cries, you know, cries in movies. They just don't go for that guy. They're always with. I, 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 I spoke. I remember years ago, I spoke with a woman. She was a Miss. She was Miss uh, UK, Miss England, or whatever, attractive woman. And she had talked about was talking about her dating life and how she dated these like soccer players and these other you know, profile. They were all controlling, humorless. Uh, horrible guys who were all extremely handsome, made a lot of money. 
Right. And she kept going from one to another because she couldn't. She said that just was her type. <laughs> like, like okay, like you know, they were like mildly abusive, cold, mommy issue, like guys you didn't have a sense of humor, but like looked like male models and made ten million dollars a year. <laughs> like, yeah, well, it's reasonable. Yes. I mean, I'm, I'm not judging those women. Like, uh, that's I, what turns I, that's what turns them on. I mean, that's just what turns them on in in a practical and in an organic sense, right? They're attracted to the power and the and the good looking, just like guys are with girls. I mean. They want the hot chick with whatever. Yeah, they have their girlfriends that they can, you <laughs> yes. know, ha- have things in common with. I mean, this guy's <laughs> providing a role. Like, if I'm dating a chick, I don't want her to be funny or think she's funny. <laughs> I'm friends with, like, the well, best comedians. Well, that's also because you don't let her speak in their relationship. <laughs> so there's there's that, too. I, I just, I want guy. I, John Legend could do a million things that are, you know, look at fucking Sean Penn. He's in fucking Haiti digging shit, shit ditches, right? Go do that. Yeah. You know, go dig some shit ditches to get the sewage to get the sewage going in fucking Port-au-Prince. I mean, do that instead of like being up at night sweating with a little towel on your forehead, worried about how some woman in, in Atlanta can't get has to go to Florida to get an abortion. Yeah, write a gay song about it. <laughs> yeah, he, he like, will. <laughs> well, at least so. So when when Lady Gaga writes her flaming rape song, right about being raped and sexually assaulted, at least she can you can always fall back on like she does. I was raped as a teenager or whatever, so like this is my expression. John Legend was never denied an abortion. He was never pregnant and couldn't get rid of his fetus. He has no personal experience with this. No. So at least write about something you know, at least write about some at least write some saccharine melancholy song about something you have experience with racism or being short. Yeah, or, I don't I don't know where he's from, but I, I would think more germane to his life would be you know, something like Charlottesville or, or something like that. Anything like that. Or how you got the fake name Legend. <laughs> Now I want to talk about Andrew Yang. Do you know? Are you familiar with Andrew Yang at all? Are you a Yang Gang member? <laughs> Is that what it's called? Yes. Uh, I'm you're, not, well, you're a Bernie bro, right? I, I I like Bernie. You can't make fun of Yang Gang because you're a Bernie bro. Well, I I haven't been following the Democratic debates. No, but I mean, are you? Have you hashtag Bernie bro? Uh, no, okay. no, I have been called a Bernie bro, <laughs> yes. which I guess means that you're a male who, uh, I, I've, having to choose a candidate, would pick Bernie Sanders. I think somehow it, being a guy became a pejorative. Well, I would say Bernie bro would be white, college-educated male, uh, millennial. Okay, I'm gonna go with that. Well, then I guess I guess you got me. I'm gonna go with that. <laughs> I mean, that's I think that's that's what I think of when I think of Bernie bro. I don't picture a lot of people of color. I don't picture a lot. Of, I mean, but women. there was no sort of vaguely insulting term for someone that supported Hillary Clinton. Weren't like, oh, you're a Hillary bitch or something. Uh, no, well, no, because it was like it, I think Bernie bro was affectionate. I think the term was meant to be affectionate. Uh, not the way I heard it. Really? I don't know. I think it was, but it was meant to imply like a guy from you know a white dude from Bennington College. Who's out there, like with the signs on the street corner? Well, yeah, guilty as charged. Yes, uh, I don't know much about Yang. I certainly, uh, I like him just based on what I've seen. So Sharon wants to know email. Isn't Andrew Yang the only candidate who actually speaks in detail and doesn't? He therefore have zero chance of ever getting anywhere in politics. <laughs> yeah, Yang is a nerd. He's a total wonk. He's the kind of guy like. Uh, uh, is he a, in office right now? No, no. He was a Silicon Valley guy. Okay. He's a sort of Aspie Asian guy. And obviously Asian, and uh, uh, and obviously Aspie, and he like when he has ideas, he comes out with like an eighty-seven point plan for everything, like he writes like manuals and stuff, of, like how it's going to work. Yeah, and he has like a million friggin' ideas, and they don't, they all seem to be, they're all centered around like what they are is really practical solutions to what is ailing America. So he has like a solution for the drug problem, 
he has to, and you know, I don't, he's not, you know, he doesn't believe he can solve these, but he has problems to tackle, like the drug problem, income inequality, he's, immigration. He's thought it over, which is like a, a lot. A like huge, he thought about uh, it. He thought about step it. Step forward. He thought about it a lot. He obviously <laughs> doesn't get money from anybody, so he's completely, you know, I don't think he even spends. He has. Is money. he like a billionaire? No, no, he's not spending much money. Hmm. Um, but he's big. Obviously, like these guys are, he's big on social media because you know he's an intellectual kind of guy. And and he can't put he can't speak he can't put his ideas in the sound bites. So everyone speaks about how great he is on, on social media, but nobody really knows what he's talking about. But he actually has he's like he'll put out like you know for like how to stop drug addiction problem. He'll put out like this like twenty page man twenty twenty five. Well, page maybe book. he's not even Aspie. Like he's at the debate. They ask him a question. He yes. knows he has ten seconds. Yes, that's true too. But he could do an hour on it. So oh. it's just like you know, his head starts exploding. He does like he does hours on stuff. He do, he'll do ten hours on stuff. Right. And uh, but his ideas are all like, and I I, I don't think I would never vote for him. Maybe I will. I don't know. Probably not. Um, I don't think you're going to get the chance to. Vote. No, I don't think I have a chance to vote for. Him. Well, I think I'll still stick around to the California primary. Okay. Um, but he has like so his his current plan is like okay so Americans are very divided. And this is, he sees a problem. So he sees a problem. Americans are very divided. Young people don't know each other, live in their social bubbles. Everyone hates each other. No one really understands each other. And we've become very different than we used to be when Americans growing up had a more common experience. Now it's a very different experience depending on where you live. So his idea is to have a Peace Corps for high school seniors because high school seniors don't do anything anyhow. <laughs> like they, the high school senior year is just a waste of time regardless. That's true. No one's, no one's really learned. So instead of going to government class and, and whatever class you have to fill out for your, to get into your high school year. I literally remember being a high school senior and having to do the, the government class. And we learned the two bran- the three branches of government, the two houses of Congress. It was like Schoolhouse Rock. We learned Schoolhouse Rock Yeah, in my kid. senior year, I, I was never into weed, but... It was just well known, yes. And and the principals and stuff thought it was funny because it was just known that everyone was high all day. Everyone was high. Everyone got put. It was a weird in our schools where it was a fairly large school, but like so after freshman year, you got put into like the you know the advanced classes and the other kids who had more trouble with education, academics got put in the in the gen ed or the remedial classes. So. And then senior, they put you back into the gen ed classes because there's all these obligations, state obligations you have to fill. I think I had typing class. I don't know what fucking was, but like there was like or swimming, pass your swimming test. There's all sorts of these like state requirement classes you had senior year just to make sure you could graduate. Yeah, yeah. And you're back with like the football players once again. You're with the football players in class. <laughs> so his idea is like to have like a Peace Corps where seniors like go spend their senior year at a different high school in the country. Which to me is like, like you know, an experience what it's like to live not just rich, poor, but different parts of the country, red, blue, pro-life, anti- It's a good idea. It would cost almost nothing to administer. Correct. And it would probably have beneficial uh, results. So you'd have, not everyone's going to do it, of course, but maybe you'd have 50 kids or 100 kids from your senior well, class. Well, I, I mean... You would have done it. I, I would have done it. Oh, I absolutely would have done it. <laughs> yes. You would have been, you would have been like. Can like, you pick where you go though, or is it like a ping pong ball? I don't. I don't. That'd be like, dude, you're going to Marietta. <laughs> like, all right. I would think uh, you would get some. You would get some. Everyone that, would just pick New York. You would or, get rural Alabama, dude. That would have been <laughs> awesome. <laughs> just imagine, like, but you know what? Maybe you would have learned something, or you would have taught them something, as every as every eighteen year old kid thinks they can do. Um, I mean, I went. On, I actually went on an exchange, uh, a country exchange program in high school. Uh, for the summer, and I just found it amazing. Like, you actually learn, like, that's, you know, going to different countries, pretty radical difference. 
But you learn like a lot about how like your world is really small and the world outside is much bigger. Yeah. And for like an 18 year old to go from like New York to rural Alabama or an Alabama kid to go to San Francisco or whatever, a Georgia guy, a pro-life Georgia guy to go to San Francisco, maybe he learns or she learns something different, you know, than what they grew up with. Yeah, I did. I My first year of college, I, I went to college in Washington and I went um, – on an exchange because they have the national student exchange, which yeah. is the same thing that he's talking about except but for college for, for college. And I went to Baltimore. Mm -hmm. not, not exactly sure why. <laughs> and, uh, I, I, I had never seen garbage on the street before. Oh, I see. You saw an actual urban, your first urban situation with urban living. Yeah. I mean, Seattle's one thing, but you go to, you know, you're going through Jersey and, and DC and it's like, yeah, I kind of realized how fucked up the country is. I, yeah, it's I, been it's been dirty for no like, idea. It's been dirty for two hundred years there, <laughs> versus the Northwest where no one lived there two hundred years ago. Right. So you know, there's nothing over over fifty years old where you were. So the garbage builds up. You know, imagine Seattle like now, like in two hundred years, how dirty it will be. Yeah. Well, then we'll just move into the Yukon. But I, I <laughs> yeah, I just I didn't know. Uh, that the, there were neighborhoods of homeless people that drank yes. out of brown paper bags. Yes, I, I didn't know that was a thing. And also, when you go, like, the, the, no matter where you go to college, unless you're like going across the state, to, unless you're going across the country to like fucking uh, Baltimore State University or some state college, most people are going to college. It's in a, another bubble, right? You're in another bubble, right? So you're in this college, it, even if it's not an elite college, you're still in a bubble, a campus bubble where there's lesser crime, lesser problems. You know, it's parties. Stuff like that. So this would give people a chance for a year in their formative years to actually see a different place. Like you. Well, I didn't learn anything. I just learned not to live on the East Coast. <laughs> well, that's something. But still, it's a it's well. No, I think it's, learned, it's you... definitely a step forward of of learning how other people. Uh, I just went to the wrong place. People from the <laughs> Northeast are annoying as shit. They really are. They're, they're like they have different. Like I was ordering a hoagie or a, a submarine sandwich, whatever you want to call it. Like, oh, they call it a hoagie in Philly. Where are you from? I'm like, motherfucker, that's like 30 miles from here. Like, why are you all so, uh, you know, provincial and shit? Like, you, what, what you represent isn't cool. It's it's like, you know, you're just a bunch of uh, elitist, uh, racist, and dirt poor people. Like, I don't, I don't, I, your culture weird, sucks. It's a weird New York thing, for sure, where, like, New Yorkers, like, love New York. Like, they're so xenophobic about anything outside of New York. Yeah. And it's like... I'm like, well, I mean, I guess if you're like, to me, New York's, if you're rich, is great. Like, it's really fun. But like, just being like a working Joe in New York sucks. Yeah. Like, why would you want to like. And they glorify it and yes. they think they're like more American than the people. Pizza's, the pizza's better. That live. Yeah, the fucking pizza. <laughs> you know, look, the ball so teams your parents, if, you, if you're one of those people, almost certainly your parents came from Italy, Ireland, uh, England, a handful of places. There's a reason they left there, yeah. right? And so there's a reason people left. Where you're from, and fucking came to California, right. and all the way to Alaska because of the same mentality. So, like, how are you acting like you're you're you know some some purist when when in actuality the whole sentiment of of why you live in New York is the opposite. You're you're if if, if your parents thought like you, you'd be starving in fucking Italy, you know, on a boat or something. That was sort of the skiff. The joy to me of the show Northern Exposure. Not familiar with it. Uh, when he goes to. Uh, uh, you never seen Northern Exposure? It was like I know what it is. I never. Yeah, he went. To, he was a New York doctor who had like he was. Uh, I forget what the setup is, but he has to go to a remote part of Alaska mm -hmm. to be the do to be the town doctor because he's like it's part of his payback for his residency or something like that. And like, of course, they're all yokels in the Alaska. They're all weird yokels. Yeah. 
But of course, he's also the most narcissistic, provincial. You know, he goes to a small town, Alaska, in the middle of nowhere. But of course, he ends up being the most provincial guy from New York because he's the most closed-minded, small-minded, like, you know, anti-everything guy. Whereas everyone in Alaska who's kind of weird is at least very libertarian, like, open-minded and, like... Sounds know. pretty funny. It was kind of funny. I mean, it went on for way I'm too sure many I'm sure there years. are some offensive Native American aspects. Uh, yes, of course <laughs> there are. But just, yeah, it was like a fish out of water, but perfect because he's just such an obnoxious New York guy. Yeah. And he doesn't... He's so superior. He feels so superior to everyone else. Was that the guy from My Big Fat Greek Wedding? No, it's uh, the guy from... He went out to the show Numbers and... Super generic white guy, right? A Jewish guy. Uh, um, God, I forget his name. He's know. on a bunch of CSI now or some other shows. I don't know. He keeps he keeps working. Um, but he was great. I mean, just like... the, the whole, His air of superiority was just amazing. And how then he was completely ill-equipped for real life. <laughs> was also fascinating. I remember the themes, uh, the sort of intro, and yeah. they, there was a moose walking around. Yes, a moose walking through town. And then I remember everyone in Alaska being mad that they actually shot it in Canada. Oh, I assume they shot it in Maine, Maine I, or something. I don't know if they... Yeah, I don't think anyone ever watched it. Was it, it was supposed to be Alaska, I think. But it was a very popular show, but it was just... To me, that was, I only saw like maybe five or six episodes of it, but that was like the funny part was like he was like the New Yorker coming into the bumbling small town, but they all look at him like he's just like this biggest jerk. Like, you know what he's talking about. Right. Yeah, but they're so kind. They're so polite. They never say anything bad to him, even though he's so mean to them because <laughs> they're all Alaskans and they're so super nice. <laughs> like, they will never say anything bad to him. Yet he probably is the only guy in town that can perform a tracheotomy. Yes. And he, so he thinks that makes him so superior. Right. But, of course, that's just not required that often where, where <laughs> he is. Uh, all right. So, uh, Andrew Yang, you have no chance whatsoever. I do like Yang. I just I want to be in the Yang gang. Uh, but uh, as a generic principle, I think what we've come to, and this has probably been off for a long time, as a presidential candidate or any candidate, is the less you actually say, the better you do. The less you say about anything specifically, the better you do. Like, you're literally told by your handlers not to say anything specific. So you speak generically and euphemistically and grandiose around an issue yeah. without ever, ever saying what you're, going, what you're actually going to do in principle. And that's kind of sad. I well, guess Yang's just, definitely a man of principle. <laughs> yes. I know that him and, and Her uh, Kamala Harris and a handful of others have disavowed, like, PAC money. Yeah, and uh, well, he doesn't get any. So corporate. it's always it's always easier when you don't get any. Yeah, that's that's true. But th they do seem to be. I don't fucking. But know. when you like, put out when you put out like so you put out like this, whatever immersion across America plan for high schoolers, whatever like that. So someone's gonna go into like page seventeen, find something that is like completely ridiculous, and pull that out and say, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna go for Andrew Yang because he's in favor of this." Yeah, right? and that's how it so works against you. You well, can't just win having it. good ideas. They'll just find a video of you and like slow it down and say you're drunk. <laughs> yes. Like you, you just can't have good ideas. It's it's not productive. For but you even like look at like so Biden, of course, is being now hit with all the stuff he did in the past. So it's like you just lived your life, and now stuff you did 30 years ago, just no one, no one even around you thought about twice. Yeah, you put it slow and like. 1984, Joe Biden met with like a Klan member. Like, <laughs> what was that? A, it was at a Senate luncheon, you know. Like, okay, like you know, like and like also everybody else, the entire party was there. Like, what do you like? You know, it wasn't like uh, he was meeting in secret at a Klan at a Klan rally. There's a little difference when you're meeting like you know, on, the, on the podium at the co at Congress. Yeah, I I don't know. I I mean, I think Biden could would own Trump in a debate, but. Really? He, he, oh, he's kind of yeah. slow. Yeah. No, he's, he's just old. I think he's just old. He he aged a lot. Yeah, he's old. Well, he's seventy. What? Seventy six. Seventy six years old. Few years. He looks fucking old. He's an old man. But he has this thing 
that um that I have, which is when he's pissed, he yeah. can't not look pissed. Yes, I like that. And I I wish I I don't know how to get rid of it, but uh, yeah, he just has this glaring sort of because you can tell. He knows what is being said is stupid, like with the Kamala Harris busing thing. Yeah. But, you know, he also knows he doesn't have time to address it. And so he just comes off as a curmudgeon. Yes, he does. Uh, I mean, old, old guys just have the, the one the one opportunity. I probably I don't even like, but I would have voted for him. Had he turned to Kamala Harris and said, like, look, I did this in the past. It was probably stupid. I should have known better. Uh, you blew your married boss, Willie Brown, <laughs> to get ahead in your job. Let's just say we forget the past. Let's just say we forget the past to talk about the future. That's what Trump would do. That's exactly what Trump will do. And if Biden had done that, I would have been like, just like, ah, oh, dude. He probably would have cost himself a million votes. But I would have been like so in favor of him just like saying, you know, I can't mention what you did in the past, but you can mention what I did in the past. That's so unfair. Fuck it. I'm going to say this. Yeah. Like you blew, you blew your married boss like <laughs> at work to, to, to get ahead. Like we were all very practical people back in the day. I didn't even know that. Yeah. That's... Willie Brown, too, is just fucking schemey, schemey, slimy guy. I don't even know who Willie Brown is, but he sounds He shady. was uh, the governor of California. He was a, well, actually, was he governor? Yeah, I guess he was. He was mayor of San Francisco for a long time when she was working in San Francisco. And then he was the Speaker of the Assembly in California for a long time. But he's like the ultimate insider broker uh, 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 guy in California, like between like 65 and like 95. Hmm. He was like he was uh, like the, the black dude who got way ahead, did all these business deals in the background. Did and all these Kamala Harris deals. sucked his nasty dick. Yeah, she did. When he was married. Ew. Uh, and, uh, it, you know, I'm sure it was for love, but uh, it's a little weird when you... And then he gave her a job or something? He sucks. She got promoted in the office of the district attorney's office in San Francisco. Oh, I'm not voting for her. I'm sure it wasn't, a, I'm sure it wasn't contractually bound, but it's still kind of weird to blow your, bo- your married boss. It probably wasn't a coincidence. No. I mean, you know, if you did that, if a, if a dude did that today, you'd be kicked out of... I mean, he would have not been able to run for president. <laughs> Matt, I want to ask you about uh, women's soccer. God, it's something you love. You love women's soccer. <laughs> they have it where I'm, where I'm working. They have it on TV all day long. And then I noticed that people only watch the last minute of the game. <laughs> like they come in for the last minute. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and then you say, oh, it's two. And then someone actually literally said, oh, it's two nothing. They can't lose now. I'm like, oh, what a sport. <laughs> like, oh, like, okay. <laughs> like a blowout. One out, like, eh, they're 90% chance of winning. Two out, that's 90. That's 100%. It's over. Game's over. Yeah, I was thinking about how. I'm like, am I sort of xenophobic and insulated because I think soccer's stupid, or does soccer just suck? Because if you look at basketball versus soccer, it's just not. It's not even hockey. It's it's, it's just not a conversation. It's not, and I think it's like I played soccer as a little kid. I remember it was really fun. It was a lot of fun running and kicking the ball around. Yeah, it's like one of those sports. It seems like it's fun to play. Like you know, I guess if you lived in like Colombia or. Bolivia, and you got your friends together and just went outside and played some soccer, it'd be fun. But watching it as a televised sport, and even even if you go to the games, because people are so fucking crazy, it's fun. Right. You got like 20,000 Brazilians singing for like three hours getting wasted. That's kind of fun. Uh, uh, more fun than a WNBA game. Um, There's like violent implications. <laughs> yes. That's fun. Yeah. So did you see, by the way, did you see the Mexican? So the Mexican national team played, the male team played in, at the Rose Bowl uh, a couple weeks ago uh, in a, uh, it wasn't a friendly, it was a Copa. Copa America. Of course, they're running the men's games against the women's games. <laughs> and the Mexican fans now start yelling faggot mm. to the opposing team's goalie. It's fun. And uh, like 10,000 of them at the same time yell, chant, uh, whatever the Mexican word for faggot is, over and over again. Like, it, not because this guy, this one guy in particular is gay, but any team they're playing, right, they yell right. faggot. Their chant is faggot. Yeah, basically. they throw bananas at the black guys. Yeah. 
and and for some reason only in Scotland they're called hooligans. Yes. I don't know why they're not called hooligans. I guess they're called thugs other places. That's <laughs> just can you imagine like if there was like at a Patriots game if like ten thousand New England just started yelling faggot like in the unison like somebody they might be thinking it, but like just yelling faggot out loud. Like, It'd be awesome. The <laughs> pathetic display of humanity is you know, the crowd is more entertaining than the actual game. At the soccer matches. But so here's the biggest problem. The women are dominating the world soccer. From what I can tell, there's only four teams in the world that are any good at all. Um my chief analysis of when we beat Thailand 13 uh, and that nobody can score a goal against us is not because we have an amazing goalie or defense. It's because most of these other teams, these women's teams of the world, like, I don't know, men's, team, men's side, maybe there's like 15, 16 really good teams mm-hmm. that could win at any given time. In women, there seemed like it was foregone conclusion that, like, you know, it's like the NBA, basically. Uh, right. There's like four teams that might win the whole thing at most. And it seems like America, for probably biological reasons or whatever, whatever the reason, all of our best female athletes seem to be playing soccer. We have an amazing group of lesbians, Matt. And our lesbians are better than the other, other, other nations' lesbians. Who was the chick that took her shirt off? She wasn't a lesbian, was uh, she? Brandy Chastain? Yeah. Um, no, I don't. I mean, they're not all lesbians. It's not quite as bad as the WNBA. It's probably like 70%. Probably, yeah. I mean, it's probably true of any, prof- any professional female I mean, they're ever. Just if it's any indication, their team captain, Megan Rapino, super, super is lesbian. like a incredibly aggressive in your face. She wants you to know she's a lesbian. Yeah, bleached hair, the whole thing, short, bleached short hair. She'll tell you. Yeah. They're like, what happened with that goal? She's like, well, I was a lesbian, I kicked the fucking... In fact, her quote was after the last game was like, not bad for a bunch, something like lesbian power, bad, you know, whatever, when they won the match. Like, okay. So at least the WMA players are at least pretending that they are feminine some kind of way, some kind of way. But here's the problem, Matt. So the women's team is, I think, in the semifinals now, whatever it is. They haven't had much challenge yet. Uh, they're down to four teams, whatever. They are getting paid less in their salary, plus their performance bonuses. You get a bonus, apparently. First of all, I didn't know the U.S. teams got paid money. I guess it makes sense. I think other uh, countries... So full disclosure, I'm very ignorant as to this entire conversation. Yeah, I'm but slightly I, less ignorant. I think but other countries pay their players a higher salary so that they can concentrate more on soccer? I think, like, the t- national team, you mean? Their national team. But it's know? like, and I guess the women have to get paid because they're, they're broke, because uh, they don't make much money in their normal <laughs> normal soccer practice. Well, yeah, the whole theory is you have to pay them so they don't have to work a day job so they can concentrate on training, right? Right, but like the NBA, when they all play in the Olympics, they don't get paid, right? Krzyzewski's crew is not getting paid for the Olympics, and uh, Krzyzewski's probably not taking a salary. Probably not. No, but those guys are all rich. So it's a little different. Um, but apparently they get paid, and there's a salary structure plus a bonus structure based on how the team wins, if they win a lot, and which seems, I guess, fair. That's sort of merit-based. But the men's structure is much higher than the women's structure, Matt. And it's only come to light now that the women are doing so well in the World Cup, whereas the men have completely failed, uh, that the women make like a quarter of what the men do or what they would have had they advanced to the semifinals of the World Cup, which I don't think they've done since 1800. Uh, well, see, this seems on its face to actually be a uh, a rare example of of a, a problem with a, with a unfair gender pay gap because obviously the women's... I know the women's team is much more popular than the men's team. Well, you're saying that. You're saying that. I mean, but I, and people well, just I see them on the news more. That's I can't I disagree with you, but I mean, that's the argument they make. Is that women's soccer is even more popular than men's soccer, and that this idea that so the whole they actually filed a lawsuit. So there's actually a lawsuit going against the U.S. national team now. 
We have created a lot of revenue for U.S. soccer throughout the throughout the years with the Women's World Cup final. So I think that those um, claims are really arbitrary. And my theory on being a U.S. national team is if you haven't been molested or raped by the doc team doctor, you're ahead. You're already ahead of the game. But they're suing for the gender gender equality pay gap and the, the defense of the U.S. Well, national if someone was giving you a physical, <laughs> I mean, I am not victim blaming here. Yes. Well, I already said it. If you're getting physical from a doctor and he's like, well, I just, the thing is, I got to stick my fist up your ass. Wouldn't you just be like, no? I guess. Doesn't sound like a medical procedure. Did to you me. read the, did, have you read about the USC, the head of the uh, gynecology at USC? Yeah, I, I, I don't even mean to make light of it. I'm just saying, at what point do you be like, well, but he was like taking like, like beaver, like hustler beaver shots of his patients and stuff, like, and telling them it was for like medical research. Purposes. Yeah, like, it's like, why do you have a purple dildo next to the cotton swabs? There's that whole, like, that whole, uh, what do you call it? The, the, the experiment they actually did at Yale where they, the, you know, they had the guys buzzing people in the other room. And how they respond to authority figures, right. uh, Milgram experiment, where like if a guy wears a white lab coat, everyone just listens to him, and like you know, as a patient with your doctor, you just listen to whatever your doctor says to the point, just like a people like the Catholics with, with their priest, like to the point that like if he tells you to start doing weird shit, you're just like, oh, okay, like we'll stop know. doing that. Yes, I agree. No, yeah. I agree with that. Well, I mean, there's, there's so a dentist is like we, you know, we got to <laughs> fill your, we got to redo your filling. It's like oh, my tooth doesn't hurt. You don't have to do that. Well, the dentist, at least when they're raping the women, have kind enough to put them to sleep first. <laughs> so they're not awake when he's like going like, oh, listen, uh, you have a broken toe. I need to stick my two fingers in your vagina. <laughs> See what's going on. Um, but uh, so the women are getting paid less. So, of course, the US, there's actually a lawsuit now. There's going to be discovery. This is going to have to go to evidence and so forth. And the U.S. national team, of course, is responding that like it's based off revenue. And it's entirely based off that the men bring in more money than the women do. And therefore, the salaries and the bonuses are based off revenue which we've argued about in, in other sports seems like the most fair way to do this. And women get paid a lot less in sports than men do, on the field at least, in tennis. or uh, Serena Williams gets paid a lot more off the, off the court, but on the court she gets paid less than the Wimbledon men's winner. And it's based off ticket sales and TV revenue and some sort of formula they have. And the men typically make a lot more money. So it may be in this case, uh, the women are saying, like, no, that's not true in this case, check the numbers, which is fine. I think, I think you would agree, check the numbers, it's fine. If they make the same revenue, bring the same revenue as the men, they should get paid the same. Right. But, but maybe, maybe they... Maybe they don't. Maybe they don't because in other... I don't know if it's based on other countries where soccer is actually popular, but not with women. It's yes. popular with men. So I don't know if the if if the international TV... No, the, just be for the, it would just be for what the U.S. Uh, team takes in revenue. So sales, merchandise sales, TV licensing... But so sales. then the men's team, if they if they play Brazil hypothetically, yeah, and they're in, still in, the men's team's still playing. By the way, they're not in the world. They didn't make the World Cup, but they still play all those friendlies and all those matches. They play Mexico at the Rose Bowl all the time. So, so when 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 I don't know, the U.S. plays Mexico in the world. The U.S. men's team plays yeah. Mexico in the World Cup. That obviously gets more views than even though the women's team is better compared to the U.S. men's team. That's what the that's what the national team is arguing. Yeah. And so they're going to have to open the books up now to prove that, right? Which I think is actually a very problematic catch-22 potential uh, uh, thing that the women's team is opening up. Because it may be that the women's soccer team hires an account, and they go through the books, and they find out they're like, they're not making half as much. They're making 90% as much. Therefore, they should have a, a big 40% pay increase, right? And that's settled. Everyone agrees. Okay, they make, you know, the men's team brought in $2 million last year. You brought in $1.8 million. So we were wrong. Here's the song. But if they apply this to every other women's sports, say like the WNBA, which you visited last week, 
uh, what they're going to find is that the WNBA loses money. Mm-hmm. And so while the WNBA players are, are complaining about making 160000 a year versus the $16 million the average NBA player makes, they're going to find the 160000 goes away. And they're given a bill for like $275 for housing and lodging. <laughs> and, you know, because if it really is going to be based off of what you bring in, most women are probably, even getting paid less than men now in women's sports, are being overpaid. Yeah. Well, there's an easy fix to that. Uh, the sort of feminist people that have their mind made up on this will say, yeah, but still. Um, so there's a lot of picking and choosing, if obviously you've noticed that. Um, so they'll say, yeah, well, the women should yes. get paid just as much uh, because they earn more. And then they'll say, but still, the WNBA, should they should make more. And, it's a, like, but, and then you would say, well, Excuse me. So where's the linear? Like, what's your logic? And then they'll just call you a racist, sexist, racist. Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, I, I would believe that in a lot of sports, the women are getting paid either because they have to get paid just so you can get people on the field on the court. I mean, you can't pay the WNBA nothing; nobody will play. Yeah. And so if you if you come up with this idea that we have to have a WNBA and ESPN and the NBA have have conspired to create this league that nobody cares about, you have to at least pay the ladies, or they're not going to show up. They have yeah. some other options. And, and in, in sports like with tennis, with Serena, stuff like that, I think they get a bump only because you want to make it a little bit closer so, they, so you don't look horrible, that the fact that men make five times as much as the women, so you make it half as much or something. I would bet that the subsidy is all on the side of the women in like 99% of the sports. And so if they, if they say, okay, this is the open book policy for now, and here's the revenue you make versus the men, this is how you get paid accordingly, the women are going to be in big, women are be in big, women athletes are going to be in big trouble. They are, but you know, they, I know what you're saying. I, I they're never going to do. They're I never going to do they it. Get, it's it's like if you talk to someone about the gender pay gap, right? And in general, like across the board, um, and one of the reasons that there's a disparity is that women get pregnant and care for children, and uh, so then it's like, well, then we should have paid uh, leave, paternity leave, yeah, and uh, or maternity leave, and you go, okay. But that's not what we're talking about. No. So, you know, they'll just uh, roll it down somewhere else. My whole feeling on uh, paternity leave, the men's paternity leave, is that it's being favored by women, heavily by women, not so much by men, because they want to push them into that same position of leaving work for a long period of time. Yeah. To almost have that as an obstacle in their career that women do now. Like to make that a parody, it's not. It's seen as a benefit to men and spend time with your child and the pay. I don't know if you get that fucking Dove Men Care ad every single day, like on social media. <laughs> no. Dove Men Care is really pushing for men to be with. The, for, for I haven't been searching a lot of gay porn. No, so. dude, it comes up. Come on, uh, uh, um, and but it's, it's on my Twitter feed like every day now, and it's like Dove Men Care is pushing for paternity leave, six months paternity leave, or something like that for men as well as women, because men need to spend time with their babies and all this stuff too, which. A, is not really biologically actually correct. But also, I think in some ways, this is like a, I don't want to say conspiracy sounds evil, but this is an idea from women that if men also leave work during childbearing years, that then they will be... They're not set back as much. They're not set back as much, and they will, men will then know what it's like to be set back, and, and they can't make that argument anymore about how we don't leave for things. So I think it's... That makes sense. It's like a deep... There's, I was wondering, like, why are women so in favor of paternity? Like, well, I mean, they get, I guess they get the husband home getting paid, um, but I don't think women even want it. <laughs> want the guy, the well, guy. yeah, you are getting paid to not work, so that's <laughs> always you could get a side job too. Yeah, you could. But why? So if you were at a corporate, I don't know. Say you worked for Pepsi, and uh, uh, your coworker got pregnant, 
I would say, hey, you got you have to work here like a couple of years before you take the next nine months off. Oh, yeah. Like, you, can, you <laughs> yeah. can't just show up. You're not allowed to ask, by the way. You can never, it's illegal to ask if someone's pregnant or plan to get pregnant when you hire them, of course. Well, it's, I mean, it should be. But what know. can you do? You can look at a 30 year old woman who just got married, actually, can't if she's married, and say, she's going to get Odds pregnant. Are, yeah. Yeah. But if, if a woman got pregnant that was a coworker, say you're on, you know, mid management, it would make sense that she would take a couple months off. I totally understand that. Oh, I don't have a problem with the pay. If the guy, if yeah. if it was a guy, yeah, and he said we just had a baby, like, yeah. excuse <laughs> me, you mean your wife had a baby? Yes. How did you have a baby? Uh, and he was like taking paternity yeah. leave. Yeah, I would think he was a fucking loser. Yeah, Major League Baseball gives you forty-eight hours. That seems about <laughs> that seems right to me. Like you can miss two games. You're allowed to miss two games, paid games. Yeah, a couple of days. Yeah, that's uh, right. That's 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 <laughs> what it's. Uh, well, you just can't. We go back to the John Legend thing about abortion. We just can't treat men and women the same way. It's just not. Uh, that's the whole push of the last twenty years to treat men and women the exact same way. It doesn't end well. That story doesn't end well. Like where we actually pretend that men, the biological difference doesn't exist, and we don't shape policy based on that difference. Yeah, it doesn't. That androgynous unisex thing doesn't end. Forget the bathrooms and shit like that. It's the paternity leave, the birthing stuff. Uh, I did love. I gotta say, I loved. I did watch the debates when Julian Castro said that he was going to offer trans trans women abortions. Did you see that? Yes, was, I did see that. That was awesome. That was awesome. It's like it's like how do I one up these guys? Oh, he's with mine. You can see his mind racing. Like she offered uh, le- safe and legal abortions. He offered uh, paid abortions uh, for all women. He offered uh, late term abortions. I'm going for abortions for for, for women yeah. who used to be it men, was, women was, with no uterus. He was racing in his head about yeah. how can I blow this election for the entire party. Oh, let me. I wasn't thinking that. I think he was thinking, like, how do I go one step no, further? Yeah, he was just trying like? to be more. And then his campaign spokeswoman said, you know, that he got confused. He meant trans men. And it's like, yeah. okay, well, if he's confused, then just admit that no one knows what they're talking about. And this whole, <laughs> this whole concept no. is kind of fucking dumb. If, Imagine if, how, many, how many trans men even get pregnant. None. <laughs> None. And if they did, by the way, they go on Oprah. Yeah. They don't they don't have an abortion. The only ones are on the cover of various magazines. <laughs> yes. It's not uh, a thing. That was that I love that awesome. So yeah, women's soccer, I mean soccer in general sucks. Women's soccer, stop bitching. They had the whole thing about oh, was it was a WNBA story about how the women have to fly, they don't have private jets when they fly between mm-hmm. games. So uh, it was a story about the Liberty or one team got stuck in an airport for six hours and then got their hotel at four in the morning, had to get up at ten in the morning or eight in the morning to go play and you know, whatever. And they showed him like in the airport, laying on the chairs on the ground, and stuff in the airport, stuck in the airport. And they're saying how like the NBA players get private jets, so they're never delayed. And how the WNBA players have to put up with this. I was like, well, what do you what do you want? I mean, I don't understand. Like you're 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 basically bringing in as much productivity as a fry cook at McDonald's. Does he get a limo? Does he get a limo to McDonald's Dude, every day? It's absurd. <laughs> it's like, you know, like I play guitar just sort of occasionally as a hobby. It would be like me, uh, you know, calling my manager and being like, "How come Bob Dylan gets uh, a suite at the Mirage and and a private right. jet, <laughs> right. and I'm playing guitar too, but uh, I'm not even making any money?" And then they then they would explain it's it's literally the same thing. Yeah, and if you're going to if you're going to heap these benefits upon like a lower wage earner. Someone who makes less, keep it on someone who does a real public good, like an EMT or a fireman <laughs> or somebody who could use a private jet to get to somewhere really fast. Right. I mean, the, the benefit of a private jet, if you're doing it as a welfare policy, should not be to the 
the, the, the basketball player. It should be to some sort of societal need that's greater than that. You know, some kid with cancer who needs an emergency surgery who shouldn't have to wait for six hours on the, the delay. Well, I guess I'm assuming they want the NBA to pay for it, but they're already know. paying for the whole, yes. all their salaries. Yes. Like, what? where do you, do they not realize that they uh, have no net profit? Also, I would like to end this by saying the women's soccer team seems like they're very talented soccer players. They're obviously very talented. There's not a lot of competition in the world for women's soccer. It's just not the same. The, the talent level, at, you know, once you in the top four, eight, maybe. But this is like, you know, this is like you know, not even the NBA is not even a good example because they all have the same cap sort of. This is you're taking on like very scrubby teams from some foreign countries where clearly they don't like to give money to the women's soccer game. Well, do women, what do women in other countries, do they not? Do they play tennis? I, I just, I just don't, I just don't think. I think they're more sex. I think they're a lot more sexist. I just don't think the women's teams are funded in these countries. Right. I think if you go to the Congo, the, the prince of the Congo puts money into the men's team right. and doesn't do shit for the women's team. So the women's Congo doesn't have a women's team, or they have shitty teams. So there's, I think it's just an issue of money, and I think these other countries just don't put money into women's soccer because it's just not a big sport. Do you see women's soccer in England? I mean, do you ever see that on TV or like the pro league? I mean, I don't. I have no idea. There is a women's soccer league. But you've never seen it before. <laughs> I mean, it's like the, in the, even the U.S., you've never seen women's soccer on TV unless you've gone to ESPN The Ocho and like at some late hour. I have No, I haven't seen – I've seen count like a, a barrage of news coverage about the games. Right. I've, I, yeah, you're right. I don't – obviously, I've never watched one of the games. So if the, if, the, if, the, if the budget of the women's team is like say $3 million annually in the U.S., 3 or $4 million annually, which doesn't seem like a lot by U.S. standards – that's a lot for a lot of these countries. Right. They're not putting that. They're not putting up. Cambodia's not putting four million up for women to play soccer. So they, they don't have to. They might for the men's team, by the way, but they're not doing it for the women's team. No glory there. <laughs> Matt, I want to ask you, uh, end today by asking about. Uh, uh, we got a letter from Eric in England. ITV, which I guess is like their Fox or ABC or something in England, uh, the head of ITV says she will no longer commission comedies, comedy shows with all male writing teams and is looking for 50-50 representation by gender. Is this the official, and let's, let's not pretend this is not happening in the U.S. too, is this the official death of, com- <laughs> death of comedy? When, uh, uh, not just because women uh, have to be on the comedy team, but because you're now doing a diversity pool for comedy writing. Uh, is this the official death of comedy? Well, it's certainly going to degrade the product to a significant degree because who... So no one's saying there shouldn't be women writers. Obviously, no one thinks that. There's plenty of... I know a few people, but yes, generally, generally, generally most people. Well, no one really... Anyone over 60 in Hollywood, yes. I mean, but you can also, like... Uh, is it Penny Marshall? Who who directed Wayne's World and all those comedies that was a woman? Oh, not Amy, Amy Heckerling. Was that Amy Heckerling? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what it is. Uh, so, so no one's saying like, oh, it's a, you know, it's a movie uh, about guys. So, so we, if if that's the material, no one's saying that you shouldn't be able to contribute as a woman. But what if, you know, if you're making Beverly Hills Cop, I would assume those were male writers because mm-hmm. it's a very male dominated subject. And if you're making August Osage County, starring Meryl Streep, <laughs> I know you saw that. Uh, I would assume that those that was a female 
writer and a couple of female writers. And same with TV shows. I just don't know TV shows as well. But uh, well, there are there are more male writers and female writers in Hollywood. There still are, although they're staffing a lot more women. I mean, in fact, you can't get a job if you're a man anymore in Hollywood. Uh, I have a writer friend in 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 Hollywood who's basically told me, as a white guy, non-minority guy, uh, man, you have zero chance of getting staffed anywhere right now. And I don't think he's Oh, saying, do you think I haven't noticed this? <laughs> I mean, he wasn't saying it bitterly because he's actually like a hardcore progressive liberal, but I think he was just saying as a practical matter, he needs to find a different line of work now because he just can't... You, by the way, you can still, as a white guy, you can still bring in your own show, as you know. Like, you can create your own show and get your own show sold and do it that way. But as an employment matter, as a hiring matter... They're not looking for men or white or white guys. Yes, I've I've noticed. So check, check that box. <laughs> yes. Uh, so I mean, it's not like they're not they're not they are hiring women and they have to put them somewhere. Um, but the question is, at, now you get to the granular level. If there's a new sitcom or a new show, she this woman in England saying there has to be women on the on the comedy writing team, or she's just not going to green light. She's not going to green light it. Yeah. Well, that's the problem because uh, so Orange is the new black, right? Yeah. I don't think it's a good show. I watched half an episode. Good lesbian sex scenes in the first couple seasons. I as always. Just thought it was poor quality. Yeah. Pulpy, but whatever. I'm assuming that's female writers and they're writing for a female audience. Female exec producer. Characters yeah. are female. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. So how come you can't have uh you know Talladega Nights, a sh- you know, a show about uh NASCAR redneck guys? Why would you then have to bring in a bunch of women who can't relate to it. It doesn't make any sense. Um, I don't think it's... I think you're even going too deep, which is like, who can relate to Talladega Nights? I mean, the humor might be for four guys. My wife loves that movie. I know a lot of women who love that movie. Yeah. Um, but I think it's even more... It's not about, like, do you understand comedy, race car, racetrack comedies? It's more sort of like, are you are you a talented comedy writer? <laughs> like, are you a talent? I mean, I think a female... A, com- a, a talented female comedy writer should be able to write outside her genre. Right, should be able to write to things she doesn't even know about at all. Well, yeah, but yeah, I'm just picturing someone that they're just, li- they're just less, they're just less of them. I'm picturing someone that developed the show. Yeah, and they go and they go. I wrote this with my two buddies. Yeah, and now the network says, okay, now we have to bring in these two. We have to bring in this black lesbian woman and this Mexican woman to write on the show with you. And you just go, okay, that's gonna f- fuck up the show. Nothing against them. It's just not the right fit. Yeah, when I, and what I've heard from those, and I, I've, what I've heard from those experiences, I mentioned this before the show, is like, uh, there's two things happen. Either those women or the, the, the sort of uh, diversity hires, either one of two things. Either they get pushed in the back and they're way, way underqualified for the room and they understand that and they just they don't speak for like two years yeah. until they get replaced by the next person. Uh, or they take the opposite approach, which is they insist on controlling the room. Because they're like, you know, woman in the foxhole, like, you know, I'm going to fucking take this by the balls and screw you guys, and I'm going to run this fucking thing, like, informally, because that's, I'm a And that, that will ruin any show immediately. That will, that will ruin any... That any, will ruin anything productive. Yeah, and the guys can't make fucking cunt jokes and sex jokes and stuff anymore in the room. There was that lawsuit from the... Was it Friend? One of the, the famous one from, like... It was a writing assistant female who had to be in the room, and they were talking. She mentioned, like, he said dry cunt as a joke. And he said, <laughs> and she sued for millions of dollars, NBC or That's something. I think she up. won something. Um, but I think there's just, here's a fact I don't think there's as many talented female comedy writers or comedians as there are men. Well, men are funnier than women in general. Ah, now it comes out. I was just waiting for you to say that. Because, to say no, that. they have to be. Because I taunted you into saying look, that. Look, I'm not a hunky guy. That's I, uh, I testify. How, how, how do I get laid? I, I'm funny. I have to find a way to 
separate myself and and impress. You say people. it's a hunter skill. It's a hunter skill. It's, it's it's well, hunters. That seems kind of rapey. It's just you know, it's. I don't mean with the word. I mean, with, I mean, it's a skill of 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 achieving what your goal for you. Yeah, I mean, w- women have never had to be funny. They don't. They don't have the necessity. There's Guys, no. There's no correlation between uh, women being funny and how often she gets laid. Zero. <laughs> In fact, it's inverse. It may very well be inverse. It may very well be inverse. If you're a reasonably attractive woman, you don't have to do anything. You could have zero personality and no one would give a shit. That's correct. That for most men, if they can't make women laugh, they are out of the evolutionary contest. They are never going to get laid. Most men are fantastically unattractive. If you can't make them laugh, you, you don't have a chance. With women, there's no need to be uh, rendering yourself attractive to men in that way. We already find you attractive. Thanks. It doesn't work that way if you're a guy. You have to have a personality. Or money. Unless or money. you're just intrinsically, yeah. you know, a 10. But obviously that's, that's rare. Or wealthy. You have power. We just talked about guys earlier, like the, the, the male models that are rich or the athletes, something like that. They don't have to be super attractive. They still have uh, – uh, I was just looking at the wives of the PGA golfers. Really hot. Oh yeah, really hot. So, uh, and these are kind of frumpy guys, <laughs> like you know. So there's there's that. But yeah, I, I see what you're saying, which is humor is an adaptation, is almost an adaptation for men to succeed. Yeah, and with like athleticism, it's it's hard because biologically, you know, men aren't smarter than women, or or vice versa, d- despite the narrative um, that you hear in the media. But uh, so with golf, the reason. You can't say men are better at golf because they practice really hard at golf because they want to get laid because there's a huge biological uh, imperative there. Um, but with comedy, you know, you essentially have the same brain. It's just women haven't had to try as hard growing up. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the guys trying to get the girl. And lo- usually low, very uh, uh, self-conscious, low self-esteem guys. Yes. <laughs> often, <laughs> who didn't get laid in high school. Yeah, you don't see, like when I was starting doing comedy, you, you would not see a cute chick. You might see him doing stand-up every now and then, but they would not be grinding away five nights a week, um, humiliating themselves, no. embarrassing themselves in front of crappy bar crowds. They had better, o- better offers elsewhere. They just have better shit to do. Yeah. Better should do, but also more opportunity. Yes. So I mean, it's hard. It's hard to. I mean, a lot of those guys who get in, get into that do it not only because they, they have a passion for it, but also just don't have a lot of options. <laughs> just like it's like it's that or like the the, the high paying legal jobs, <laughs> like law firm, high power law firm somewhere. Uh, I mean, a lot of them are doing it because it's sort of like it's that or they're working at Sizzler in the <laughs> in the back, something like that. I mean, it's like a you know, they they put themselves in a position in life where they're not go getters necessarily. They're not like Yeah, a, there's a lot of that. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean I think there's just not as many female comedians. And also they, they, I always go back to the study. I don't know when I read the study, my twenty I love reading studies. I don't I never know the I intentionally never look at the uh, who put the study out so I can enjoy it if I want to. <laughs> uh but they showed men and women like uh slap, old slapstick comedies, like the three stooges, that kind of stuff. And, um, and where people slip on banana peels and hit their heads and stuff like that. And they wired their brains up to see how their brains responded to this very low-level, very low-level, like, baseline comedy. The comedy, a physical comedy, right? There's nothing baser they than that. They monitored men and women separately? Yeah, men and women to separately. To see how they reacted to, like, the Three Stooges? Yes. Okay. And, and what part of the brains responded? And they found that men will, uh, it goes directly from their eyeballs to their visual cortex <laughs> to the part of the brain where they laugh. That's how it works with me. Yeah, like men are completely 
impulsive laugher, like can be, they laugh at things impulsively. Right. Um, whereas women, it took a se- it took a segue, it took a diversion to the emotional part of the brain, where women decide if something is appropriate or not, and then it goes to the laugh area. So they have this like the, the censorship. Women have this built-in censorship where they decide whether or not like will it hurt someone's feelings? Is this appropriate? Like, is it really funny that someone hit their head on the ground? You know, hit their head on the ground might be bleeding to death on the ground. Right. Or this guy just punched another guy in the face. Is that really funny? And then they go to the laugh cortex or whatever the hell it is. And so they measure their la- they measure their laughter against a set of social built in social principles. Yeah, and men just fucking are just fucking pig tards. It's just like you just laugh yeah. at anything. It's like very that. surface. Yes, I, like I was listening to uh, Chuck Klosterman, I think, and he, you know, he's an interesting guy. And he was saying that he uh, was watching a football game with his wife, and there was like a big field goal to win or lose the game. And his wife was acting weird. Sorry if I'm butchering the story. I'm just paraphrasing it. But he said, "What's wrong?" And she said, "I just I'm gonna feel really bad for that guy in his personal <laughs> life if he misses the kick." Right. And he's like, uh, "Yeah, I was just watching the game, and I just wanted to see if he made or missed." So yeah, like it's exactly the same. Or thing. or the guys are rooting for him to miss, so he can be a chump and like laugh at him. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah. Like when the Bears. That Bears kicker last year missed all the field goals. Yeah, I felt bad for that. When he missed, did you? So when he missed, we were like, oh, I like, I, I kind of want to make it, but it'd be so funny if he missed again. <laughs> like, like that, what a chump he would be. This is a whole aggressive, like, you know, a competitive thing. Yeah, women have that, um, you know, they process things, they're more calculated. And, you know, that can go, I guess we're sort of talking about maybe the positive implications, but it, it also works the other way too. I mean, they can be very conniving, and, and they have to be because. Uh, physically, they have to be emotionally smarter because up until recently, you know, a guy would just beat the shit out of them. And they're, they're that, and also they're less likely to be, uh, uh, when it comes to comedy, less likely to be obnoxious, right? Which is why when you see like a female comedian who's just obnoxious, they're lauded as like this like breakthrough comedian, right? Because like, oh my God, like you know, the first time someone just fucking started doing, women did sex jokes or something like that. Mm. There wasn't talking about like how hesitant she was about her boyfriend or something like that, but just talking about how she loves sex or something like that. It's like, oh my God, she's so bold and bro, you know, and all this stuff. Like she's talking like a guy, basically. She's acting like a dude. She's acting like a dude, but it's like women were like, oh, and then they go with these shows and they like feel very liberated, like, oh, we can really be gross and talk about sex jokes and dicks and cocks and stuff like that and really be liberated where guys have been doing this for thousands of years, right? Right. So I just don't think there's that many... I, and by the way, I would say all the female... Mo, the ones I've come across, the female c- comedians are really funny, are all lesbians. All lesbians. Yeah, there's some who aren't. I mean, it, it's it's a general rule. Like, there's exceptions, Butch, obviously. like butch lesbian, I mean. Yeah, well, I mean they're hilarious. So it's, it's the same reason that every female trucker you've come across is a lesbian. But I mean, I, mean, I think they have might have a more of a male instinct in general and be born with maybe more male type, you know, instincts, yeah. and that's why they're funny. And they're also the crudest mother people you've ever met in your life. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the bunch of lesbians will go. The bunch of lesbians will go to places even like some some uh, you know Jeselnik won't go to. Like yeah, a butch lesbian. I asked uh, a f- <laughs> a friend of a friend who's a butch lesbian. If lesbians do the shocker, yeah, that that would be you know it's a finger both of their uh, holes at the same time, and uh, she was not offended at all. She no. simply just answered the question. <laughs> yes. So we have this like you know we're I feel like lesbians are represented by these lipstick just annoying cunts like yes. Megan uh, or who's Johnny Depp's wife whatever that chick's name is yes yes 
and it's not representative of of the whole culture. No, they're fucking hilarious, man. Lesbians are so <laughs> so funny. I just remember working in some writing projects with them, and, and somehow it was always devolving. The three lesbian girls were always devolving to like, okay, look at this, pitch an idea. Priest rapes a child so hard his ass is bleeding, <laughs> and then he uses the blood to like blow him. Whatever, like what? Yeah. Like what? And they're all like laughing really hard, like at how sick their jokes are. I'm like, really? I'm like, wow, I'm a little. I'm yeah, kind of they're uncomfortable. more dudes than I am, and you know, like they've gone th- they've gone through a lot, let's say, in their lives, and so they've come out the other end like completely. Yeah, they don't. They they don't give a shit. But they do it's not give also a shit. biological. I mean, I yes. I. I know how to ride a motorcycle, but I'm I wouldn't be <laughs> yes. wouldn't be my choice of getting around. I can't fix a sink. Um, you're not into cut you're not into cut off jean jackets necessarily. I've never really worn leather, <laughs> yes. but these chicks, you know, they're all about it. They are they are definitely into the into the biker hardcore male slamming chicks like talking about girls like they're they're pu- talking about pussy like they're <laughs> like like guys don't do anymore <laughs> like they're in a fucking honky tonk in 1950s or something <laughs> like that. I kind of love that shit. All right, Matt, you have something you wish to crimp and promote on the show that I promise not to uh, unrecord this week? No, second week in a row, I have nothing going on. Uh, what, are you, what are your big plans for the summer? Going somewhere fun? Um, I'm going to try to go to Alaska and hang out with some friends for a couple weeks or a week, maybe. What are the mosquitoes like? I made the, I made the kids watch uh, Grizzly Man the other night. Oh. Love that movie. Did, had you seen it before? Oh, yeah. I've seen it like uh, two or three times. Did Love they, that movie. Did they like it? They did. I mean, they knew that the guy was going to get eaten at the end. Um, I mean, they say at the beginning he's going to get eaten at the end. Basically, uh, they, I, I was—I forgot when I saw it again that he actually basically announced at the beginning that like he's going to die by a bear. He's going to die by a bear. Yeah, he had a whole. That's why he went back. He knew he was going to get eaten when he returned <laughs> yes. after he got in a gay squabble with the uh, airline <laughs> yes. attendant. Which you're picturing it. So yeah. So what happened is he got in an argument. Timothy got in the argument yeah. about his ticket. And like, what does that mean? You're picturing LAX, and there's yes. a big line at United. No, he it was like one person that he was talking to. Yes, he just flipped out, went back to live with the bears, and uh, they ate him. Yeah, and I don't know how because I watched it for the first time, and it was awesome because I had no idea what it was or what to expect. And I watched it with my mom, my dad, and my sister, and we're from Alaska. My parents had lived in Alaska for thirty years or whatever, and. It was supposed to be this dramatic, thought-provoking thing, but we were all just laughing. It was so funny. It was just the funniest thing I'd ever seen. He, it's, 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 it's as any great documentary. It's great because of him, of the char- central character. Yeah, not the bears. He is just fucking like the he, bear footage is pretty awesome. The bear footage is amazing, but it's his interaction with the bears and his own life <laughs> that is just like he is such a a, a creepy, weird, <laughs> like gay dude. Oh my god! That, like the, the fact that a, a creepy, weird gay dude, like a very volatile sort of gay dude, would put himself in Alaska with the bears, yeah, like and speak to them in a gay manner. <laughs> it's just just out of pure narcissism. Yes, and he knew. I don't know who hired this guy to go around speaking at schools. Yes. He knew nothing about bears. No. I know more about bears no. than that guy ever knew about bears. And I'm not a bear expert. He he was like the Al Franken self-affirmation character like in the in the wild in the wild. Yeah, yeah. And his hair? Yes. And and his bandana and then he went on remember when he 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 had two meltdowns. One was uh some sort of uh anti-authoritarian he was mad because he had to move his tent yes. because it's a national park and they don't want like homeless people living <laughs> in the park. And so he he projected that into some kind of a personal attack. And then he had 
the best rant, which was how everything would be easier if he was gay. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> right. Like that was his, with his, because he had the girl with him, right? Yeah, yeah. It was always like, oh, he brought his girl along. His I'm girlfriend. Like, his girlfriend. I'm like, no. Who do you think is weirder between the two of them? Because you never got into her character very Like much. he kept her off camera. He kept her off camera. It was just like, yeah, right. He was so narcissistic. He was such a narcissist. And it was like almost like, is he really an environmentalist? Does he really care about the bears? Or is he just really wants to put his face on camera like with the bear as a backdrop? I think that's what it I was. I think that's what it was. So, and then, then, of course, how amazing that he gets eaten by the bear. Because when I'm watching the movie again, I'm, I'm showing the kids, like, is that the bear? Is that the bear? Because <laughs> that the bear is going to eat him? Yeah. He's like, I love you. And he's like, he kept saying, like, I'm showing them a position of power so they understand who the power structure works. <laughs> and you know, the bear's going, like, I'm going to fucking eat you, dude. Like, yeah. I'm so going to eat you. He really, he really pressed And then up. Werner Herzog, by the way, just such an amazing, the way he does it with the audio, listening to the audio. Oh uh, yeah, they it's so just, cheap. It's so cheap, but it's so it works so well. They yeah, they they don't show and you don't hear it. They no. just show a friend of his listening, listening to, to it. it and crying and, and freaking out. And he's like, I I know, I know, I know. And like it's like a like a horror movie, right? Yeah. And he's really good at that. He's a he's a great filmmaker, so he knows how to ramp that up, which is like just an audio that you don't even hear. It's funny. That's great. amazing. I can't help but wonder when I watch that movie, which is probably once a week. Uh, so according to Timothy's father, uh, he he was the second in line to be Woody on Cheers. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> which is uh, obviously not true. But could you imagine if, like, just an alternative reality where Timothy Treadwell was Woody <laughs> on Cheers? <laughs> and he still got uh, yes, that was amazing. And I imagine I I've never been to Alaska. I imagine there's a bunch of Timothys walking around up there. Um, like just sort of like yeah. just displaced, like sort of slightly mentally ill, like you yeah, know, sort of like outcast guy. Just it's outcast. not as bad as L.A., but yeah, yeah, that's true. You notice it more when they're taking when they're fucking in Alaska, probably. <laughs> yeah. In L.A., yeah, you can go. There's five hundred within like a mile of here. You're right. Uh, all right, that's our show. Last man on earth. Talk to you next week. Do you like soccer? Yes, I do.